I pursued the increasing my level of awareness to how I could be so screwed up. I thought to myself going to college, there's no way I am not completely fucked up (laughs) from this experience and so many years of abuse. I have to be. And on the outside, you would never think it or guess it. You know, I was a college athlete. I did very well in school. I was very so, I had a ton of friends. I was very, all that Mm -hmm. nonsense that we think is so important. But I knew deep down inside, there's no way this didn't damage me in some way. Mm -hmm. And so it was a vow to myself that I was going to discover every single way I was fucked up and I was going to heal that within myself. That was my mission. That started my mission to lead me to what I do for others today. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is mystical therapist, Rachel Fiore. Hello and welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today we take a deep, honest look at the essence of spiritual development with mystical therapist, and elite life coach for high-profile people, Rachel Fiore. I was informed by Rachel's incredible depth and clarity by my buddy Josh Trent, creator of the excellent Wellness Force podcast, so I followed up and looked into Rachel. Rachel gave me access to her Mystical Life Coach certification program online, and I was impressed indeed. I met with Rachel to discuss her approach, her teachings, and her background, and I was very impressed with her as well. Rachel is a very well-rounded, conscious, honest woman, and as you will soon hear, she pulls no punches regarding what true spiritual development is and what it takes to grow spiritually. In this very informative podcast, we get deep into such key spiritual development topics as why we get triggered by people, what that means from a spiritual or psychological development perspective, and how we can heal and grow, what the shadow is and how to illuminate our shadows and grow spiritually what love is, and why love languages that are so commonly talked about today have limited application, why we all need to be equipped to deal with change and how spiritual development helps us do that, the need for the global population to mature from being children in adult bodies to authentic adults that shoulder the responsibilities that adults should be managing instead of expecting others or governments to handle, which as we've learned is very dangerous to do what specifically Rachel's mystical life coach training entails, how she conducts her training, and what your investment in this training is. I found Rachel to be very authentic, well-informed, honest, and powerful. I hope you enjoy learning from Rachel as you listen to our powerful dialogue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, we're on one of my favorite topics in life. The title today is The Essence of Spiritual Development, and I have one of the most amazing people I've met in a very long time, Rachel Fiore, who is a mystical coach and elite coach for high-profile people, just in case you missed that, elite coach for high-profile people. (laughs) And uh, she was uh, connected to me through my buddy, Josh Trent, and he had interviewed her and said, Paul, you really have to interview this lady. She's the real deal. And so I spent some time with Rachel to prepare the podcast, and she gave me access to her, it's Mystical Life Coach certification, right? Absolutely. And so I spent a few hours working through it and looking at some of the modules and just getting the vibe, and I was really, really impressed. It was like, you know, I'm a pretty picky guy, but it was right up there. I would say uh, I, I wouldn't be able to find anything looking at it that I would criticize, I'd say, if 
if there's something out there that says the quality that I try to produce through the Czech Institute, it's it's in your course. So uh, I was really impressed with the whole structure of it, the quality of the lessons, the way she guides people, how she structures the program. And also, uh, she shares a lot of the same values of education that I do. So I was proud of you for that, Rachel, and in just the quality of your program. And uh, we had a great dialogue on a lot of things. And, and uh, it was just amazing for me, Rachel, to see you've really penetrated the depth of, of spirituality quite deeply. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people, talked to a lot of people, but I always can tell where a person's at when I ask them the definition of words like, well, okay, what does love mean to you or what does soul mean to you? And you're actually, I think, probably the first person who not only gave me an answer, but gave me an answer that, that I could say, yes, I can agree with that. That's a very good description, which is really, really rare. I mean, right behind you, I've got over 120 books on the soul, and there's no agreement amongst them, and only one of them says anything about how to communicate with and le learn to functionally relate with your soul. So when we were having our conversation, I was like, wow, she's firing on all cylinders, as we say in the country. <laughs> and so I'd love it uh, if you could just give us a little bit of your background and, and you know, how you became this amazing, powerful woman. And uh, how did that lead to the development of your school and, and what you're doing now? Sure. So how many hours do you have? <laughs> uh, you know, until I get so hungry that <laughs> it's either you or food. <laughs> it's up to you. So, you know, I had my first shift into spiritual awakening really at 13 years old. And that was when I realized in front of my mentally ill, very abusive stepfather that, oh my God, this epiphany that this has nothing to do with me. The way he treated me, the abuse, everything that he projected onto me were his programs. They, yeah. they were not personal to me. So when you learn to stop taking things personal, even when it feels like it can't be anything but personal, you're ready to truly heal and awaken. And so that led me, that was 13 years old. So that led me on a path where I really pursued um, education and I pursued the increasing my level of awareness to how I could be so screwed up. I thought to myself going to college, there's no way I am not completely fucked up <laughs> from this experience and so many years of abuse. I yeah. have to be. Yeah. And on the outside, you would never think it or guess it. You know, I was a college athlete. I did very well in school. I was very so I had a ton of friends. I was very all that mm -hmm. nonsense that we think is so important. But I knew deep down inside there's no way this didn't damage me in some way. Mm -hmm. And so it was a vow to myself that I was going to discover every single way I was fucked up and I was going to heal that within myself. That yeah. was my mission. That started my mission to lead me to what I do for others today. Some of the things you say remind me of Matt Kahn. Are you familiar with Matt Kahn? No. Oh, I think you would love him. Uh, he's got a book called Loving What Is and another one, but he's a, he's a spiritual teacher as well. He's on Gaia, but he's, mm. he's, he's uh, some of the things you say are the same things that he says. And so I was just curious if you knew who he was, but you'd find him an interesting cat. So how long, uh, how long has it taken you and where have you gotten to in your process? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've gotten pretty far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I've gotten pretty far, I have to say, although you're never done. That's no. important to understand. But yeah, I, I pursued a way to heal and elevate people first through education, but I also gradually went much deeper into my own transformational healing and mm -hmm. spiritual awakening. What are some of the methods you've used? Well, traditionally, when I worked as an occupational therapist, I specialized in mental, emotional, and behavioral health. And um, I really pursued healing initially through, you know, Western medicine. So I quickly found out how I did not agree with a lot of the methods of Western medicine. Beautiful for emergencies. Yes. So yeah. glad we have it for emergencies. Yes. Yeah. But when it comes to holistic health and healing, we have a long way to go, although things have been changing. But not I pr much. <laughs> yeah, not that much. Um, because I was always told, you know, sick people make us money, Rachel. So you have to stop all this. Yeah. We can't have the program you want to create. We can't do the teaching because sick people make us money. Um, so I got to a place where as I was still doing therapy, I was coaching also simultaneously back, you know, I was doing both of those things together. Life coaching, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was doing that as well. But what got me very curious about people was to observe the ability for them to heal mm -hmm. or not to heal. Yes, that's, that's the real issue, isn't it? Yeah. And I also, um, being a healer myself, mm -hmm. I was able to witness certain people with hands-on energy healing, um, barely be able to walk, be in excruciating pain, have a hip almost completely locked and unable to get out of bed to 10 minutes of energy healing be able to get up and actually walk out of the room first time in months. And when I witnessed things like this, I also then witnessed that same person who, you know, couldn't speak much English, but was just no pain, no pain. Yeah. And just got up and walked, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the, the daughter was like, Oh my God, what just happened? And mm -hmm. everybody's excited. And then, you know, the next time I went back, same which was a again. week later, why are you in bed not walking around? And it's how we recreate our illnesses. Mm -hmm. We recreate our wounds, our mm -hmm. things over and over and over again. Yeah. That sent me on the journey to go much deeper yes. into why, um, how we sabotage healing and how we always look outside of ourselves to heal. Yeah. So that's a very interesting. I'm glad you shared that. But what I was really asking is, what are some of the approaches to your own healing that you've used? Yeah. All of the approaches that are out there, and I wondered why the fuck they didn't work. So what ultimately did work? The programs that I offer today. Okay, yeah. Well, give me, a, so, give so, me an example yeah, of like, I can what, explain what's it. something that you use today in your life or you have used successfully that you say, this is an approach that actually is viable. Yeah. So it's understanding, moving through a process of getting very deeply connected to our true power getting connected to what that actually means. Most people function from force and we want to function from power because that is, that's an elevated way to function. Can you distinguish the two? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not easy for people who haven't yet connected to power to understand using language. Yes. It is an experience. So when you learn what it feels like, what it is to identify your all aspects of you that make up your shadow self, your yeah. ego, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. you learn those four quadrants, which are mental programs, emotional programs, um, behavioral programs, and inner child wounds. And those are the things we're running all the time. They run on autopilot. So 
to shift and that's using force that's using your patterns of fear and victimhood yes, and all yeah. of those things so you learn how to shift from that by identifying them and then connecting to your source of power which is in your heart center yeah so it sounds to me like what you're calling the source of power is what i call soul it is it is it absolutely is the connection to your divinity to your soul to yeah. your higher self and, you know, soul cannot be separate from spirit. Power is more aligned with spirit. Soul is more aligned with the heart or the feeling yes. nature. So I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows what you mean when you say power. Force, I think most of us mean, no, it means um, <laughs> making things happen that maybe shouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> or that it, doing things repeatedly that you know didn't work the last hundred times. Yeah. Trying to control Trying it's, to force yeah. it to happen yes. instead of being open, receptive, and allowing things to synchronize. You mean like forcing your partner to have sex with you when they're tired? Yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. That absolutely is. That's, yeah. It's one of them. It's it's the expectation that they should have sex with you, first yes. of all. Ver and we lack the honoring of it's, it's an honor that my partner chooses to have sex with me. Yeah, yeah. That's I, power. Yeah, great. Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to like make sure everyone really understands what you're saying because though I, I feel I, I understood you as we go through our conversation I think it's important for people to understand what Rachel's really saying or they might yeah. come to the wrong conclusion in their head and realize they just never understood you um, I think all that's good stuff you know so is there a particular approach certain types of meditations or you know, I use a, a whole arsenal of, of tools. One, because it's my job as a therapist to explore these things, to learn how they work, and then have enough knowledge of different approaches to say, okay, this personality here is going to do best with this approach. So I'm just curious, is there something that you say, well, if there's a technique or two that I really got a lot of mileage out of, is there something you can share like that? So it's, the first thing is learning how to drop in and authentically connect to your heart chakra, yeah. your heart center. When you do that, you can grow that energy. When you choose to stay connected there and then do healing yes. and then use coping mechanisms or strategies or tools and then. So that's the most powerful thing that we can do is learn what that means and how to actually connect to our heart center, grow that energy and then choose to work on our projects or achieve a goal or heal something, right? So we try to heal things through tools. And what most people don't understand when they're learning a million tools is that they are just that. They're tools. Mm -hmm. They're supportive tools. So if you learn breathing techniques, you connect to heart center first, you grow that energy, the light that is you, that's your higher soul. That's the connection to source, to your higher soul, whatever mm. language you want to use. And then you use a supportive tool. The supportive tool is going to be more effective because you've chosen con to connect to your inner power first. Exactly. So that's part of learning how to do that mm -hmm. instead of, oh, I have anxiety I'm going to use this tool, that tool, or coping mechanism, or pop a pill yeah. in order to calm my system down. Well, that's not empowerment, actually. No, it's it's just uh, it's not addressing the issue that's it, driving the behavior yes. or, the, or the experience. It's just you know, it's like the old saying: it's like uh, putting a piece of tape over your oil light and pretending that your car exactly. doesn't need oil. You know. Now, one of the things you're saying, uh, because I have a lot of experience with these things, there's a lot of people that 
have to do actually healing work to get to their heart because their heart is so wounded. So uh, do you find sometimes you have to do some healing work in order to get a person to be able to really bring their consciousness into their heart? That's a great question. So in the Mystical Life Certification Program, in the programs we offer at Masters of Self University, you do it simultaneously. Yeah, good. There's no first. It's what you're doing. You're integrating these things simultaneously. So um, you bring up a very good point. Some people don't want to go anywhere near their heart center, and they yes. don't realize that necessarily. And you know who I found to be the ones that don't want to go near their heart center the most? People that have heart pathology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People that have heart disease. I've worked with yes. many of them in my yes. career, and they are the ones that are the most resistant yes. to actually looking at the issues that I read and see and yes. pick up from my paperwork exactly. and their life experience. They'll t do all the exercises. They'll change their diet. But when it comes to actually exactly. dealing with where maybe their pain is their own shame of what they did to others exactly. or- uh, where they're not forgiving somebody, yes. then that that's like a vault. Exactly. And those are examples, what you just said, those are examples of the programs mm -hmm. someone runs. So if you carry shame programs, what you learn in this work, well, what programs am I running? And it's just a, a question out of curiosity. I'm willing to see what programs I'm running. This is going to show me how I am actually showing up in the world, in life, in yeah. my relationship, versus mm -hmm. how I like to think I'm showing up. You know, when you look at the combined total of consciousness within any human being, the ego, depending on what study you read, is only 3 to 7% of our consciousness. So it's like a giant iceberg with just yeah. a little tip. But most people actually think that the part of themselves that they think they know which is the part sticking out of the water, yep. is who they are. Yes. And that's also why relationships are so critical because if we were all alone on a desert island, we would never really grow spiritually. We wouldn't grow consciously. We yep. would be more like an animal. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that um, we wouldn't have anybody to see the parts of ourselves that we can't see. Exactly. Because... We have to have somebody with a different perspective than ours, or we never know whether we're bullshitting ourselves. So yeah. it's a it's a an interesting process that requires relationship for for healing and for um, awareness of where our shadow is. And you know, I always tell because one of the things people ask me all the time is, "How do I find my soulmate?" <laughs> and I say, "Well, the first thing you do is you understand what that means." Because your soulmate is the one person in the world that will tell you when you're bullshitting yourself. Yep. And if you're not ready for a level of love that comes with significant honesty, then your soulmate might, might be the first person you get a divorce from, only later to realize who you got a divorce from. Exactly. And then you'll really be in pain because by then they probably will have been remarried. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And here's the beautiful part is we've... We live in a world, we're in the earth school. Yeah. You know, totally. we're a divine we're a divine soul having a human experience and we're on the earth school for our souls to grow, for us to learn things. And while we're here, you know, the people, places, situations that we encounter or have our experiences with, they're there to show us the yeah. aspects of us that are in our blind spot that we don't mm -hmm. realize. Through this work, although that still remains to be true, 
through this work, you learn to have that symbiotic relationship with yourself. You learn to see what is in your blind spots. You learn to see what is there so that you can love it and heal it. Mm -hmm. Instead of it having to be part of your dark self and the part that we don't want to see, we bring that part to the light so it no longer has to be a part of who you are. Yeah, you know, the thing too is people don't realize that that's the stuff that's actually controlling them. That that's you know people don't realize a lot of people think that if something's unconscious most people don't even really know what that means but there are plenty of people out there that think if it's not in my awareness then it's not doing anything in other words and yet the iceberg yes is what's in your blind spot is doing everything everything it's like driving a car (laughs) there's a lot more of your car that you can't see than you can when you're driving your car right you're seeing the hood and side of your car through your rearview mirrors but really everybody else can see the part of your car that you missed when you just washed it you can't right 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah cool well um let me see i was going to ask you um you you we talked on, on on this a little bit, but I'm going to see if you want to elaborate on it. You, when we were talking in prep for the podcast, and, and also I, when I was watching your videos, I saw this, you can't heal what is causing the behavior at the level of the behavior. So I'm going to say it again for you guys listening. <clears throat> Rachel's course, and Rachel says, and I agree, but I'm going to let her expand on it. You can't heal the behavior, for example, the behavior that's causing you problems in your relationships right now at the level of the behavior. In other words, what she's saying is if you're pooping in the wrong corner of the house, telling you to poop in the other corner of the house isn't actually addressing why you were pooping in the wrong corner of the house. Yeah. So there's a reason and that's what we're after. So I would love it if you could expand on that concept from your perspective. So traditionally, traditional therapy, mm-hmm. even a lot of coaching techniques that are out there, focus yeah. on changing behavior, focus yes. on changing what you don't want to experience anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to give a specific example. Traditional couples therapy, for example, will focus on, um, oh, here's how you use loving communications, I statements, conflict resolution strategies. Yes. People will learn these things and they're like, oh, this is great. And then six months later, why the hell are we still having the same fights and problems we were having before? Yes. You're yeah. changing things at the surface level. Behavior is symptom. Yeah. It is a symptom of a deeper problem or a deeper wound, of a program yeah. running. If you yeah. try to change it at the level of behavior, you will fail, period. It yeah. will always rear its ugly head in some other way or the same way again and again. So we yeah. don't use the the loving communication to heal our wounds. That doesn't heal our wounds. Mm-hmm. We don't just meditate to try to make our relationship better. That does not change the programming that is causing the behavior to come out and show itself to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So you want to heal you start at the behavior because that's the easiest place to start. That's well, just you know it's there. You know it's there. You can yeah. see that part. Mm-hmm. So we start with so simply, what do you see? Well, how did you behave? What was the behavior? It's behavior yeah. program. And then we start to connect the dots of what other programs are running that are deeper. And we start to see over time, oh my God, I am running a a mommy wound, for example. Mm-hmm. My inner child needs to heal a wound with my mother. And I'm projecting that onto my partner. And that's why this argument keeps coming up. All this behavioral approach is the outcropping, really, of behavioral psychology. B.F. Skinner and people like that. Um, 
which, which is exactly what you say, and I've watched it going on, and, and it's it's exactly it's too shallow to really yes. have long-term results. But yes. one of the ways they market it, because I've studied entire university courses on it, mm -hmm. two of them actually. And one of the ways they market it is they say, oh, worrying about your mommy and daddy wounds is unnecessary. You don't need to be in therapy for 10 years. And none of that stuff oh. really matters. If you just do this, you'll be fine. And I listen to that and it's I go- such a load of crap. You know what, I, what goes through my head? There's a person who hasn't healed. Exactly. Selling- a concept that they're completely blind to the inadequacies of yes. because they're using just another allopathic yes. concept of medicating the issue. It's kind of like if your dog has the tendency to bite people, you can tape its mouth shut, but you haven't really figured out why it likes to bite people. Exactly. Like, was it wounded? Are the people it bites being abusive to it? So the next thing you know is your dog starves to death. Yeah. You know, exactly. Think, and so the you know, behavioral psychology would say, look, you fixed the problem. Yep. <laughs> your dog's dead. Exactly. He doesn't bite anyone anymore. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I've. And that's the sad, and that's the thing that get, gets us trapped. And I'm going to give a real life example because I think we learn sometimes from other people's examples. Absolutely. So. One of my clients um, <clears throat> is doing the, this work and he's learning how to see what triggers his different programs. Yeah. And, you know, one of the triggers is an ex-wife who he has <laughs> to- common. Yeah. Who um, he is co-parent with and that triggered him. So we're doing our work um, and he's starting to identify his programs. The very first part of this work is understanding how you were parented. Because right. while you do the work, it always comes full circle back to the ways in which you were parented. Why is that so important? Those are where your programs were created. Yeah. Period. End. Even if you had lovely parents who tried their very best, that's where they were created when you were young. Yeah. Almost all of them. So what he realized when he had already done the work and, and understanding how he was parented by mom, by dad, he realized that his mom, who was actually very controlling and rigid, and always thought he was going to screw up. Mm -hmm. So before he did anything, mm -hmm. he, she would say, but you know, she basically knew he was going to lie. She knew he was going to sneak around. She knew he was going to do, and she'd always tell him ahead of time, I know you're going to do this, so don't do that. And he's like, what? <laughs> okay. So in doing this work, you start off with, let's discover that. Come full circle when he learns what programs he's running mm -hmm. and he gets triggered by his ex. Mm -hmm. He was able to go down and find the wound, which was, oh my God, I married a woman who constantly told me, well, how do I know you're not going to do this and this and this? Prove to me that you're going to be okay and you're going to take care of our son the right way. And show me, And she was doing the exact yeah. patterns yeah. of his mother. And never once in the marriage did he see it. Never once in the years that they've been divorced, but he started doing this work and he went, oh. I said, there's your mommy wound. Do you see it? Yeah. There's how we reenact our childhood over and over. So reliving our childhood, we don't do that. That's ridiculous. Seeing where these programs came from because they're still running today is the real work. Mm -hmm. And then you can heal it. And you can heal it like this once you see all that. I have an exercise that I do with people that's quite profound. I'll share it with you. It's, it's for this type of work. I have them write down up to four positive and four negative comments 
about the experience of being their mother's child and the experience of being their father's child. And then I say, okay, now what I want you to do is write down the most common reasons people ended relationships with you, whether they be personal, intimate friendships, or you got fired from a job mm -hmm. or you hated your boss. Mm -hmm. And they said that they were give, kicking you out of the business because you show up late all the time or you're, you don't work well with people, whatever. So then I say, okay, now what I want you to do is look at the list of negative qualities for each of your mother and father and look at the reasons people left you in relationships yes. and almost every time, at least 50% of them, in other words, part of moms and part of dads yeah. is in the list of why people leave them. Yes. And they look at that and they, some of them just crack up laughing and some of them start crying Cry. and some of them are just sitting there in silence and shock because if I said to them, well, what is it? Like when your mother's over controlling for you, they would say, oh my God, it drives me fucking crazy. Right. And then they don't even realize as they're writing it down, oh, I lost my first marriage because my wife said I was over controlling. And all of a sudden it dawns on them. They're like, yeah. oh my God, the shit I hate most about my parents is exactly what's gotten me exactly. in trouble in relationships. They never yes. knew it till that moment. Never know it. We can't yeah. see it. Those are yeah. those are the things that are blind spot, you know? And that's the beauty of learning this work is you go, you move through a process of seeing everything in your blind spot so that you can actually transform it at the root so it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what most people want. Yes. They say they want to heal so that this isn't a part of who they are. Well, then learn how to do it. Yeah. Do the work because you can. I suspect you've probably heard me talk about the pain teacher before on this podcast. The pain teacher comes to quicken consciousness and awaken us to habits, patterns of behavior, or diet and lifestyle factors, such as addictions, that we often act out unconsciously, reflexively. When you acknowledge pain as your teacher and really bring awareness to the issues at hand, you realize how incredibly beautiful the human design really is. Well, as we all know, the world has had a major visit from the pain teacher lately. But the point of the pain teacher is that it is a teacher, and until we learn to pay attention and participate affirmatively, the pain teacher only comes back stronger and stronger every time. This is an opportunity for learning and growth every time we fail, every time we injure ourselves, every time we have a relationship breakdown or get sick. The world is learning a lot about what we really value right now. In fact, even though the economy is opening up, more and more people are quitting their jobs. Why? Because they realize the importance of having a career with meaning that aligns with their values. That's something most companies and jobs just don't offer. If you're one of those people, if you're looking for a meaningful career helping people create more health, vitality, and freedom in their lives, then here's my suggestion. Go to chekinstitute.com forward slash L number four D Academy. That's checkinstitute.com forward slash L4D Academy now to learn more about the Czech Academy. This is the elite education system I built with Gavin Jennings, our CEO, to teach you all of the skills as a therapist and business owner to become one of the best holistic health and performance practitioners on the planet. It's helped people launch successful careers in training athletes, in corporate wellness, spinal rehabilitation, helping clients with chronic metabolic diseases, mental, emotional, and spiritual challenges, and so much more. And you can complete the entire system for much less than it will cost you to go to college and start making an income while you're in training. 
If you're ready for a change or to add a powerful new dimension to your skill set and be the change the world needs now, it's time to apply for the Czech Academy at chekinstitute.com L number 4D Academy. That's chekinstitute.com L4D Academy. We look forward to all of you joining us to make the world a better place. You know, one one of the issues that drives a lot of these behavioral patterns in Jungian psychology is called a complex. Are you familiar with that mm-hmm, concept? Mm-hmm. Yes. So a lot of people have complexes and a lot of the longer these wounds are around, the more associations they develop and the more emotionally charged they get. In in Jungian psychology, they give a very good case to show that uh, a lot of what we what start off as complexes actually grow to the point that they become um autonomous behaviors and that's the origin of multiple personality disorder yes so people actually for example the wounded child can get to be so strong it shows up inside of them as another personality yes or the the uh the uh orphan Mm -hmm. you know is another strong one Mm -hmm. and so they they uh they don't realize that this complex actually has a mind of its own it's almost literally like having artificial intelligence inside of you that has the fears and the beliefs and the behaviors that are tied to the negative incidents that produce the complex. So if a person doesn't understand that, they often end up getting medicated because they can't figure out why they say one thing and do the opposite thing or make promises that they never keep or keep telling everybody how much they hated their over-controlling mother, but everyone around them goes, well, have you any idea how over controlling you are? You yeah, know? exactly. Under their breath, of course. But um, yeah, the complexes are an issue I've looked into a lot, and I think it's it's a powerful, real concept because I've worked with it and looked for them in myself, and constantly do. And as a as a, someone who does healing work and shaman uh, shamanism, it's it's critical for me to be able to disconnect all that part of myself because if I'm working with someone and trying to read them, if you're not able to disconnect yourself from that programming, then you never realize that you're not reading that person. Because if you're exactly. like a window and you've got all these issues painted on it, there's no way I could look at you through the window without my issues in the way. So it takes a fair bit of time and, and real commitment to healing work to to become even consciously aware of where those complexes are. For example, if um, if I if I was working with somebody that looked like my stepfather, if I wasn't careful, the complex, the broken child in me, could become nervous around that person, or anxious, or sure. or defensive. So I have to say, okay, I can feel my father complex trying to work in here. I got to shut that off and disconnect from that. But it takes a fair bit of honest introspection to identify those, and, and, and people can have hundreds of complexes. Well, I mean, those are, you know, my language is those are the programs that yes, are there. Yeah. And so when they get triggered and activated, it lets us know this is where my healing needs to occur. That I, I cannot be triggered if I am healed and whole. And it yeah. doesn't mean you don't suddenly, you know, you no longer feel human emotion. No, you it's just- the opposite. You feel amazing you're so in in presence and in love with your emotions when they show up because you know that it's a form of communication yeah 
guiding you. Yes. But our programs get activated by other people and scenarios and situations to let us know that we are unhealed. And so, you know, one of the misconceptions, one of the mistakes, I think, in a lot of healing and a lot of coaching work that people try to teach that, you know, be aware of your inner child and which is great, but be aware of your inner child and make friends with your inner child. How about you heal your inner child? Hello, you're an adult now. Yes. You're an adult. Like you should not have your inner child activated mm -hmm. every other day or in, in situations where you have wounds. It's showing you that that part of your inner child needs to be healed and integrated. And to no longer show up as a child, you're supposed to be a mature adult. And then the next thing, though, is people wonder, well, but the playfulness of a child. Oh, look at that program. Adults aren't allowed to play. Right. That's a load of shit. Are you yeah, kidding me? I yeah. play every day of my life. I'm not a child. Well, the thing, too, is adults that don't play end up as a sick Ex drug. Yes. Uh, apathetic and nervous, anxious, depressed, afraid, unproductive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say some other things, but I'll be polite. Um, they become a problem for themselves and society. Yeah. And their relationship. Who wants yeah. to be around you? If you're a CEO, who the hell wants to be around you when you don't have any idea what play is? Yeah. And you don't have to be childish, immature. There's a difference. The divine is so playful. Mm, of course it is, yes. So you're shifting into aspects of divinity when you're very playful. Mm -hmm. But childish, immature is very different than being divinely playful. Part of the problem, too, is our culture is so outcome-oriented. And we, are, we go to school and we're graded on everything. Yeah. So, you know, Rudolf Steiner says most parents should not play with their children until they learn how to play like a child because they keep telling the kids they're playing wrong. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. so he makes it clear in his, his education, you know, he founded the Waldorf school system and I've got several of his books, that whole bookshelf behind you is all Steiner books. And so, you know, if a person doesn't know how to play with a child, they don't realize they're actually forcing the child out of their right brain into yes. the left brain where judgment and narrative happens. Yes. And so the child actually can get railroaded into seeing the world as a, as a very narrow place and also a scary place where very everyone's judging all exactly. the time. And it, it can feel very insecure about itself. And the other thing is when we lose the child, we lose our creativity. And most people go through the standard education system that teaches them what to think, not how to think, which was built by plantation owners so that slaves would not disrupt things like assembly yeah. lines and come up with new ideas. Exactly. So they're, they're, our whole education system came from the, the plantation owners and the slave drivers specifically to teach us to do exactly what we're told and yep. don't think for ourselves. Exactly. Which is the opposite of being a child, right? Like when well, it's I the was, opposite of being divine. It's the opposite of being divine. It's, it's the it's, opposite of being divine. You, basically what it makes you into is an object, an object of someone else's control. It sound familiar? Look at what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, Right. exactly. Everybody's becoming an object of the con control. control of a very few people. Control programs. Yeah. And what the mistake people make is... What they don't like it, they want to just fight. And what they don't realize is what you see in the world is the macro 
of the, of micro. the micro. Yes. And so you want to change what you see out there. You have to change in here, which yes. means you have to be willing to go in and do the work to see, well, where are my control programs? Because if I heal that, I'm now connected to my power. Your power, your soul, your higher soul, your power, the divinity that is you, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. is always there, mm-hmm. but we don't always access it. In, in fact, we rarely do. We're not in connection to it very much. Because we run our programs instead of healing the stuff that blocks our light and our power. So when you want to make change out there, you first make change in here. You heal your control programs in here, your fear programs in here. Then you can make a bigger difference in the world. And that's part of the mission for some of us, isn't it? It is. And, you know, there's another side to that, too, because I've run across this in many people. And that is that. When a person starts accessing their power, if they're not ready to individuate and truly be whole unto themselves, then they still remain dependent on other people's approval. Yes. And as soon as you access your power, your creativity unfolds and you automatically become more and more different than everybody else. Yes. You say what's on your mind because you're not afraid to communicate your feelings or your needs. You dress the way you want to dress. Yeah. You, you, you actually start falling out of the consensus norm because right. you're becoming more of a wise man or a wise woman exactly. or a mystic yes. or uh, you know something that al- al- almost always starts off triggering a lot of criticism from within your own family. And then from there, it goes to your friends and you realize, I can't hang out with these people anymore because they don't actually see who's right in front of them and they yep. want me to keep doing the same old crap with them that's not interesting to me anymore. Yeah. And so there's the path of individuation. You know, in the story of Jesus, that's the story of him going off into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Exactly. To- he didn't he didn't spend 40 days and 40 nights because he liked sand. No. Like let let's yeah. be real about it. Yeah. He went there for a reason. He yeah. had to dissolve more aspects of his own ego and everything that yeah. was coming up for him. This is a very challenging um path to choose. Yes. And it is warrior's work. And warrior doesn't yeah. mean you grab a sword and you cut people's heads no, off. No, no. It means you're brave enough to deal with the reality exactly. that exists within you. And I and I actually call that my technical name for that process. And I always let people know, look, you, you really have to be ready for healing because as you heal, your soul comes online and exactly. your soul is fearless. Yes. Fearless. Your soul is not afraid to die. Your soul is not afraid to be rich or famous and it's not afraid to be uh, a gardener uh, who couldn't give a shit about what the next door neighbors are doing exactly and so that's the your soul is a warrior i tell them you have to be ready to go into the desert yes because you're not going to be able to do the healing which in tarot is the hermit going off and isolating yourself to really authentically grow your mastery of what your potential is within you but if a person hasn't reached a point of honestly being ready to come out of the child archetype into the warrior archetype, which is the beginning of becoming an adult, then the paradox of it is they make it to a certain point in this spiritual evolution, and all of a sudden they have to start repeating the programs because they keep staying with the people that they need to reinforce their sense of who they are. Yes, exactly. So So that's one of the reasons I think coaching is so important, because if you don't have a skilled mentor to let you know when you're backsliding or let you know when you're talking yourself out of your own exactly. healing or tell you when you're 
using fear language or what you don't want language instead of what you do want language, or being somebody that you can trust to say anything you want to without being judged. With, or, that, with no judgment. Yeah, just like, you know, talk about your kinky sex or your, your fear of dying or whatever. You know, that f- with, a, with a skilled coach or therapist, the, the, the room, the space, the sacred space of coaching should be such that you can share anything exactly. and not feel insecure about it. But if a person does not have that, they sure as aren't, hell aren't going to be able to do that with their boyfriend or their girlfriend because most people don't want to reveal things that's going to allow leverage to be used against exactly. them. And exactly. re- leverage is a common thing in relationships that damages relationships, right? Or or to stay with, you know, people go to their tribe all the time now. Yes. Well, give me a break. Knock that shit off because you're going to, oh, we'll create this really, you know, beautiful space for you. And that's great. Except that you don't go to people that tell you just what you want to hear. No. Yes. Because, because that's not healing. That's no. enabling. That's codependency. Yeah. You have to go to the person who in a very loving and powerful way that knows divine truth and knows how to speak the language of divine truth can support you with what you're moving through and healing from. Yes. Um, but also is going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Yes. And, and you know, that brings up an important point because when a person's ready to heal, what they don't want to hear becomes what they're ready to hear. Exactly. You know, that's one of the ways I know right off the bat if a person's ready to heal. I've worked with a lot of anorexics and bulimics, and the ones that aren't ready to hear the truth fall out of therapy. Yep. The ones that are do exactly what I taught yes. the other ones as a kind of a general theme, and they heal. So, you know, and also there's victim behavior. You know, a lot of people get a lot of mileage out of being broken. Absolutely. So. If they're not ready to stand on their own two feet and stop faking that they're crippled and using handicapped parking spots, and I'm using that more as a metaphor, mm-hmm. um, although people do that, um, then they're not. They're going to sabotage their own healing, yep. and they'll sabotage their own education and their own coaching as well. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, you know that's one of the reasons in my practice. Um, one, I won't let anyone coach with me unless they sign an agreement that says your money is non-refundable but transferable for a year. So your first block of coaching with me is 14-7 or something like that for 20, uh, 17 hours or something of coaching. But So they use it like a credit card. But what I found over and over again, as soon as we get to the real healing work, people bail out and start yep. making excuses yep. and I don't have time and whatever. And so I said, okay, I'm going to cure that one. You have to make a commitment to going through this process and I'll give you a break if you need a break. But if you were gone for over a year on that break, then you just lost all your investment because I had to sit and wait for you as your coach. Yeah. So I found I have to protect myself as a coach and as a therapist so that I don't fill my schedule with people that dabble and the other thing is, is as as I'm sure you know, the more famous you get as a therapist or a coach, the more people actually come to you because they think if anybody can make my problems go away, it's Rachel. And so they actually just want to pay you, lay on the table and do nothing. Yeah. Well, you wave a magic wand and they get up and they're God again, you know. And what I tell people, and I say this very honestly, you want the best of the best, come to me, but you have work to do. 
You have work to do because I'm not going to heal you for you. I've used to do that. Yes. I've seen miracles happen yeah. and then they were sick again yes. later. Yeah. You know, they had the, the whatever illness again came back. Um, and that was part of my learning process. That was part of my deepening the work that I offer today mm-hmm. in, in understanding that just because you know, you have the ability to heal somebody doesn't mean they're going to stay healed. No, absolutely. And that, that was my own growth and evolution and realizing, okay, I'm going to change how I do things. Now I'm going to teach you how 100% how to heal yourself. And that means it's permanent because you know how to heal yourself now. And that means letting go of running the programs that create the sabotage, the failed relationships, the scarcity, the lack of money, the not being able to do what you're here to do in this lifetime, whatever it might be. You learn how to heal those programs. You shift into connection with your divinity. Mm -hmm. You can move through life with purpose, Mm -hmm. with grace. And it doesn't mean you won't have challenges. Give me a break. No, because growth is perpetual. It is. You're going to have challenges, but you will deal with them in a very different way. You'll no longer be triggered by challenges. Well, you you have skills and tools. You yeah, know. you it, have your power now. Yeah, I mean, you're it, living in with your higher brain, not, not your lower brain. None of us wants to get a flat tire, but if we do, and we're stupid enough not to have a jack in the trunk and a tire wrench, then we don't have tools, so we're stuck. So once we have tools and and we practice using them. If we get a flat tire, in other words, someone irritates us or we find ourselves getting triggered or saying things that we wish we hadn't, at least we have tools to, even if it's after the fact, to do the healing work and say, okay, next time I'm triggered like that, I'm now going to be more aware that I have other options. I don't have to react. I I can breathe and I can anchor myself in what my dream for the relationship is instead of just letting my broken child take the whole show over. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of what people learn in in this work is how can I never fight again? How can I never fight again? Because conflicts are always going to be there in relationships, but fighting doesn't need to be. You choose to fight because of the programs and the woundedness that you're running. We can end fighting and we know that, oh, we're in a conflict. Oh, I'm triggered. Now there's a timeout. That's I'm going to take a timeout and I'm going to go do my work. And I do my healing work. And I know exactly what that healing work is because it's laid out step by step by step. If I do these steps right now for five minutes, you can do it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And every time you do it, you are permanently healing a little bit more of the very thing that got triggered to begin with. Yeah, you're building new neural networks to support it as well. Absolutely. And eventually they become efficient enough that it's actually easier to stay in that place of wholeness than it is to fall back into the broken self. To, because to fall back into the broken self means you haven't healed all of it yet. Yeah. Right. There's a vacuum so, there. Yeah. So over time with this work is you, there is no broken self anymore. There just isn't. Yeah. There's no more broken self. So yeah. there's no falling back into anything once you hit a certain point. That's the beauty of it. It's permanent actual transformational healing, not just some fluff and bullshit to market to people, you know, over promise and under deliver. Like, Yes. The other reason that the work's perpetual is because as we go through our life, we keep meeting new people Mm -hmm. and every new person we meet has a perspective on us that no one else has ever had. Mm -hmm. Pointing out, what I'm pointing to is that they may see a shadow element in us that nobody ever ever recognized. Or it may be the chemistry of that person and their interaction with us and how they trigger off complexes in us mm-hmm. that all of a sudden we're having new emotions, experiences, fears, doubts, insecurities 
that weren't there until we met that person. Yeah. You know, for and there that's just telling you, oh, here's another layer of growth. You're ready. You're ready to go up higher now. You're ready to go up higher now mm-hmm. because that's how we grow. Yeah. If everything was blissful all of the time, there would be zero reason or motivation to grow and do any. Why would we do anything differently if everything felt wonderful and blissful 100 percent of the time? Yes, we would all be. That's part of what's wrong with the world right now, because people have become um so entrained to video games and television and escapist type electronic gadgetry that they have lost agency to pay attention to what's going on in the world. They have lost the capacity to think for themselves and really do the work of finding the truth or the beliefs on both sides of an argument so they can stand in the middle and look at all the evidence. And it's so profitable to keep people unconscious like that and to keep them drugged down that what it leads to is a is the unveiling of of a of the world shadow. Yes, and that's here, exactly. And here we all are the shadow of humanity. Yeah, that is exactly it. And yeah. what what needs to be healed needs to be seen. Yes, and we're seeing it now. And we're seeing it. We are seeing humanity's shadow self. And you know what's the scariest part of it? We're seeing it most in the people we trust to lead our nation and run our regulatory agencies. And amazingly, we're finding that what we thought was there to protect us is the most highly organized crime syndicate in the world. And and therefore, we have a choice now. We can either say, oh, it's all Joe Biden or it's all Fauci or whatever, or we can say, we all have to heal. We all have to heal. We allowed this to happen. Exactly. We were so busy eating Cheerios and watching dumb shit on television yep. that we didn't pay attention to what they're doing with our taxpayers' dollars, including ruining our own culture. Absolutely. And and to remember that what you see on a grander scale on the macro is a reflection of what is on the inside of each person. That's yeah. the collective shadow self. Mm-hmm. You don't get a collective shadow self that, that shows itself in the way it's showing itself in the world right now mm-hmm. when you have a bunch of enlightened people. No. <laughs> There's no such thing because the shadow at that level, it doesn't exist. Yeah. When you heal yourself from the inside out, and you really awaken to the programs that are very harmful and unloving and sabotaging to yourself, to other people, you realize that I run programs, those programs are unloving, which means I cause harm, period. Mm -hmm. I cause harm. If I'm unconscious, I have no idea how I cause harm. I continue to buy product. This is one simple example. I continue to buy products that are poisoning the planet and destroying Earth. And I don't give a shit because I like this product. And then we wonder why we have um, people in government or in high places that want to be greedy and control everything. Well, what are you doing? Or they don't care how it affects you. Well, I'm a billionaire and I don't pay my employees livable wages. Right. And I don't pay taxes either, but they have to. Yeah. (laughs) But we look at that and it's so easy to run the judgment program and say how wrong that is. And yet you continue to buy the products that destroy our planet that we live on. And feed How are the you, dragon and that's feed the dragon. You. How are you any different? See, we don't see oneness as it really is. We don't see how we're connected and we create that. Yes. We don't want to take any responsibility for that. We want to point fingers and blame. Yeah. And it's time to wake up. No, but for real, because we see the shadow self in the whole planet of humanity. And to heal that really 
We have to do the work inside of ourselves to see how we're creating it and manifesting it out there, even though we don't like to think that we are. Right now, it's either we wake up together or we're all put in um, yep. a, a an electronic state of hypnosis slash zombie piggy in the factory farm is yeah. the option. So for personally, as, as irritating as all this is, I I talk to the girls and say, look, it's we're either going to collapse the entire of, of the natural systems on this planet any yep. minute now yep. doing what we're doing, or we have to realize that we all have to heal, grow up. Exactly. As Ken Wilber says, wake up, clean up, clean up, grow up, and show up. And we, we need to do that now. Yes. And, and the first act of doing that is seeing what we've allowed to happen and rectifying that. And if that means storming Capitol buildings, if that means picketing, if that means taking people to court that are forcing you to do unjust things like vaccinate or anything else, then that's what we've got to do. And in other words, we have to address the demons that we co-created together. We have to address the demons, but I have to emphasize the work that I offer is addressing the demon within yourself first. Well, I understand Simultaneous. It doesn't yeah. mean you do this and you do nothing about, because that's a lot of people interpret that. Yeah. You do nothing about what's out there and you only, well, first of all, what's out there is because of what's in here. Yes. That has to be understood, you know, but the second thing is hate cannot heal hate. You know, when we're greed, greed cannot heal greed. There's no such thing. So separation cannot heal separation. So what I always tell people, if you want to go protest and you want to go, quote unquote, fight, I don't like to use that word for this, yeah. but you want to rise against injustice, mm -hmm. then you cannot be coming from a place of rage, hate, judgment, no. because you're putting that out into the world because that's yeah. who you are, period. We have to understand that spiritual teaching. Yes. And we have to start to take radical responsibility for that. Yes. That if you want to go protest, but you're doing it coming from hate and mm. rage mm. and judgment and blame, that is what you're putting out into the world. You're not changing anything. You yeah. can't be that ignorant anymore. No. It is time to emotionally grow up yeah. and take radical responsibility for my energy, my mental health, my emotional health, which means yeah. if I'm going to go fight against injustice, I better do it from a place of power, not from force. Force is how we've traditionally done everything, and that's why we're destroying our planet. That's why we see what we see today. Part of that is is hand in hand with the patriarchal system that we're in. Yes. You know, the guys at the top pulling all these strings are alpha males yes. 99% of the time. And they're just like uh, bodybuilders on steroids trying to kill kill and, uh, you know, kick everybody out of the gym that's got the equipment they want or be rude to people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it's a, uh, we, we've got to uh, work on this collectively. And like you say, it starts with you, but you're not going to, Nobody is, in other words, if, if we say, okay, nobody is going to be able to engage the social dilemma right now until they do their own healing work. Well, you do it simultaneously. My point, though, is if you took that approach, the, the show would be over. Oh, yeah. Because the pace these guys are moving at. So, oh, we've, we're out of time. So the reality of it is, is part of your healing is getting clear that we must participate together. Absolutely. And that is a step into the healing. Yes. Because to do what we've got to do, we have to heal and grow and make changes at the same time. Exactly. And that, that really means 
stop listening to television and start listening to the wise people in the world. Exactly. You know, that's what this podcast is for. That's what Deepak Chopra devotes his life to. That's what Eckhart Tolle devotes his life to. That's what Ram Dass devoted his life to. And the list is very, very long, right? And so, I am now added to that list. Yeah. Well, so anybody Masters that's awake, of Self University come there because that shows you exactly how to do it. Yes. And to become that wise person yourself. We need everybody to become a wise person. Yes. And and the old paradigm of only having a, a few men in the world be right. the wise people we look to yeah, not good. is over. We can't yeah. do that anymore. It has to be over or we're all over. Exactly. And I don't even care. I'm not even talking about going into this little electronic jail they've so quaintly built because that doesn't do anything to address the problems. And these corporations that built the jail are the ones that are destroying nature with fossil fuels and driving consumerism and predatory lending and all this other little booby traps and brainwashing through media. So if we, if we don't address the real issue in ourselves and in the world, then we just go from one state of unconsciousness to another, to another one. Exactly. And that state of consciousness isn't addressing the rate of consumption of nature relative to her power for regeneration. Exactly. We're, we're on, we're on, I mean, we are walking on ice so thin yep. that the fact that it hasn't just completely shattered by now means uh, grace has been with us. Yes, exactly. You know, grace has. has been with us. So it's a, it's a, it's a really good time in the world for all of us to find people like you and, and like the teachings that I teach, because this is a, these concepts are also part of what I teach for the same exact reasons as a therapist, <clears throat> giving people home stretching, home exercises, diet changes, things that if they just did even 10% of it would have made their whole life better, mm -hmm. but having them come back over and over again, making excuses or what's worse than excuses is when people come back and maybe they're drinking way too much coffee. And to me as a therapist, it's just obvious it's part of their problem or telling them they're gluten intolerant because I ran tests on them. Then they come back with a bunch of articles by scientists that say there's no such thing as gluten intolerance and they're still eating their donuts and can't figure out why their back pain is still there and their head's all foggy. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, well, so here's what you did. You found an expert to justify your disease. That's what we do in our unconsciousness, isn't it? And that's what we got going on. Yes. We found experts to justify our disease and they're called politicians and corporations. But the, 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 the reality of it is, is that, and I remind them of this, all the time and energy you spent researching to find bad science to support your bad habit applied to simply going off of gluten for seven days and watching what happens to your body and looking in the mirror and paying attention to how gassy you are and the shape of your poops and your mental clarity, your yeah. skin and your how much swelling you have in your body mm -hmm. and a long laundry list of things that are obvious. I see that would have been objective. Yes. That same effort, just participating. Now you've been on the program for two weeks researching how to get out of the program exactly. while you're paying me <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. And you came to me obviously, cause I know what I'm doing. And so people, 
keep playing these games with themselves. And yeah. We, we can't so play here's those the, games Here's anymore. the beautiful compliment, though, to that. Yeah. Is when people do this work, and this is what the Mystical Life Coaching Program offers, and it's also what the coaching programs offer at Masters of Self University. Why do they do that to begin with? Yes. And it's just, hey, stop doing that is surface level's behavioral program. Yeah. So we see the behavioral program there, what they're yeah. doing to sabotage. Sabotage their success yeah. is a deeper program. What they learn how to do with this work is, well, why am I running a program of sabotage anyway? What goes deeper than that? Fear of failure or I can't, I'm not capable is in there. And I'm not capable means I have to sabotage myself. Or fear of success. Fear of success. Or is fear there. of responsibility. You got it. And so when they realize through this work teaches you to see what programs you specifically are running, because those examples could be, that's different for every person who the behavior was exactly the same. We often will run exactly the same behaviors, but the reason that behavior is showing itself, very different reasons. Yeah. And so you get down to the core of it. Oh my God, this is the wound. This is why I sabotage myself. And now let's heal it at the root. Yes. Yeah, so then you get a beautiful domino effect. You, beautiful domino effect. Because once you get the root, you can take down a whole chain of things that shows up in all sorts all of relationships. Of it and away. you can go, oh my God, you know, I have that habit of being insecure in 60% of my relationships. Yes. All of it, when you get down to the root and you heal that, that means it is gone. There's no more wound, which means there are no more programs blooming from that wound. We yeah. can run hundreds of programs off of one core wound. Yeah. The average person can run anywhere from half a dozen to a dozen core major yeah. wounds. Mm -hmm. And that means thousands of programs are running. And the other thing too that people don't realize is that <clears throat> just like the analogy I give people when I'm coaching them is I ask them this question, what happens to the processing speed of your computer every time you open an additional window? Yeah. They say yeah. it slows. Yeah. I say, if you're wor working on battery, what happens to the duration of your battery as you open more and more programs? Yes. Well, it get, burns out faster. Yes. They say, good. You haven't changed your diet and your lifestyle, so your energy levels are the same, but yep. you're running more and more uh, poor me programs, I'm afraid programs, self-sabotage programs, and yet you live off of coffee and sugar because you're needing yeah. to cheat because you're in such an evidence. So each one of those wounds is actually like a short circuit, an electrical yes. circuit, which can burn a building down. So once a person heals some of these core wounds... One of the things that I find happening is their instincts come online, their creativity comes yes. online, their willingness to actually do things yes. instead of being passive comes online. And all of a sudden the world just looks brighter and brighter and more and more different. And people can change quite radically, fairly yes. quickly, especially once they sort of realize this is this is a process that may be work but it actually creates more freedom in it me. creates absolute freedom from everything yeah. that's the best part that's the end result there's no such thing as this work not working that's the best yeah. part yeah there's no such thing that it doesn't work yeah there is such thing as you choosing not to do it yes or being afraid to be yourself yeah and and those are just programs running and when yeah. you see those are just programs running oh my god those are just programs so i can just heal those programs yeah if yes. you learn how, it's really not that hard. No, it, it's, it's... But you have to be willing and devoted. It's not hard if, you, like you say, you have the willingness and the devotion. And you have the expert guiding you. It's actually harder not to heal. 
It is. It's, it's way hell harder. to not heal. Yeah, because you're in hell all the you're time. You're in hell. But you keep blaming everyone else for it. Yeah, that's where all your suffering comes from. Hi, everybody. You know, people from around the world are constantly asking me where they can find organic foods and supplements that are actually organic, not just some fake impersonation, which is sadly so common in the marketplace today. My most common suggestion is go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, where you can find a wide range of excellent nutritious products made from certified organic source materials. Organifi has superfood drinks that actually taste great, (laughs) unlike most, immune support products, excellent high-quality protein powders, digestive support, joint support, liver support, green juice, hormonal support, and menstrual ease nutrition formulated by a team of female herbologists for women and more. My family and I and a significant number of my clients and friends and students from around the world use and love Organifi products because they're nutritious, taste great, and unlike many products, you actually get what you pay for. Hallelujah! I love Organifi's high values and high quality products and they're excellent for athletes, children, and the whole family. There's no better investment than investing in your own health and well-being. And when it comes to investing in my health and the health of my family, I go to Organifi. If that's not enough to make you want to explore all the amazing products waiting for you at Organifi, I'd love to sweeten the deal for you by offering you a special Living 4D with Paul Check discount of 20% on any of Organifi's excellent certified organic super clean nutritious products by using the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 on checkout. That's Check 20, all caps, on checkout. I hope you enjoy Organifi as much as my family and I do. We've talked about the importance of being the change first, but you also have a principle that you call the golden three. Mm -hmm. You want to expand on the golden three? Yeah. Integrity, authenticity, and expertise. Oh, good. Yeah. Integrity, authenticity, and expertise. That's the golden three. That Those are the three things that are the foundation of everything we do at Masters of Self University and this Mystical Life Coach certification program. You come from authenticity. You come from integrity. You come from a level of expertise. Nobody should be trying to coach another person on this planet if they have not been properly trained or educated and been through trauma training if they're dealing with mental health or emotional health issues because you can create more trauma that way. Yes. Or when somebody's trauma comes up and you don't know what to do with that, you can make them worse. Even people that run, you know, plant ceremonies sometimes, Mm -hmm. people come out of that more traumatized than going in because they didn't have the work and the people with integrity and authenticity. And it isn't good enough to say, um, you know, but my, I set my intention and it was good. That's a load of crap, you know? So At Masters of Self University with this Mystical Life Coach certification program, it is expert elite level training. And it's walking people through the very transformation that they will then guide other people through if they choose to use this as a form of a change of career if they want to to use it that way. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't take it wrong, though. Um, a lot of people, when they see the title Mystical Life Coaching, are going to think it's maybe airy-fairy because most people in the West concept of mystical yep. is sort of like um, a hippie bookstore. So I'd love it if you could explain why you call it Mystical Life Coaching and what that word means when you use it. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's a great question. So the the work at Master's Self University is actually based on spiritual 
psychology. Mm -hmm. That's where the mystical part, the mysticism comes in. And that means that we are, when we talk about the self, we are really two selves. Mm -hmm. Okay. An inner self and an outer self. (laughs) (laughs) We are a divine soul having this human experience. Yes. Okay. Our, a lot of people that go way spiritual, woo woo, they focus only on spiritual aspects of things. And what they do without realizing it is they completely deny their human self. You're still a human. Mm-hmm. You're a human. You have human emotions, human experience. That's yeah. why you're here. Or they repress it and pretend that they, it's it's being controlled. Exactly. But, you know. When whatever, it's not. Whatever you repress just comes out another hole. Exactly. And in, in, say, traditional therapy, for example, that only focuses on your personality, the human aspects. It doesn't include the fact that you're a spiritual being, a soul having this. So if you don't know how to heal the shattered soul and the shattered person with all their programs, you're only doing part of the work. Mm-hmm. That's why people do tremendous amount of healing therapy for years, coaching for years and years and years on end. And they're like, I'm still stuck. I'm still struggling. Why am I not healed yet for the love of God? Yeah. And it's it's that this heals that. This integrates the fact that the mystical part is your divine soul. So you can learn to deal with the things that you can't see with your own eyes because that's part of the healing. Going back into your childhood to heal something, a wound that came from your childhood is part of mystical healing. Mm-hmm. But it also deals with the fact that the human you has, you know, thoughts and emotions that they're going to experience, challenges yeah. in human form. You're both. And when those two things get healed, yeah. as they heal, we integrate them together. You're now living as a healed whole, powerful being, powerful meaning your divine soul guides you through life now. Your wisdom flows through your heart center and directs and guides you in your life. You're able to see what truth is versus all the bullshit. Right. You're able to see what truth is in every situation. So the mystical part of it is for centuries, we've denied the mystical part of us. And we've only had a few mystical teachers, a few enlightened beings in the world who were in contact and and integrated with that aspect of them. Well, they took the mystical part right out of Christianity and and a lot of religions. Yes. Um, There's a phenomenal book. I don't know if you've ever heard of it called The Immortality Key by Brian Morescu. Sounds fascinating. Well, it's like a 20-year investigation into what the Eucharist really was. Mm -hmm. And it goes all the way back. It's heavy uh, uh, archaeology and... uh, you know, scientific investigations into what they found and the residues and and vessels that were used for ceremonial purposes. But what he shows is that what the sacrament really was, was an extremely powerful psychedelic concoction Mm -hmm. that took you right to the edge of death. Mm -hmm. So these ceremonies that they were using were to actually initiate you into the experience of death and coming back and being reborn Mm -hmm which is the story of Jesus, but interestingly, he shows that in Greek, the word Jesus means drug doctor. Oh, that's interesting. And he shows that Jesus was using the real Eucharist and Mm -hmm. Mary was his teacher. Uh, But the point that I'm making is, is that, you know, the, when the church takes the Eucharist out, then you're passing a wafer of gluten containing bread and you don't have, anything to open the gates of consciousness to 
the dimensions beyond the sensory domain. Beyond the sen- beyond your five senses. And so look yeah. what we've gotten out of that. Yeah. When you took mysticism out of religion, you ended up with materialism. Exactly. Which is exactly what they wanted because that's how you produce consumerism. Yep. Because now the way you medicate yourself is you go shopping or you buy something yep. that'll take your pain away. Yep. And so that just has run amok. Absolutely. And what we, what also, just to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, the long-term effect of that as well is to disempower people. They have to live in fear. So religions yeah. teach fear and they teach to pray to something outside of themselves. Right. Where the universe, you're part of the universe. Yeah. And that that's the beauty. We integrate all of this as part of a mystical life coach, as yeah. part of this work. Um, is to rediscover and actually connect with the mystical part of you, the divine you. Your higher soul speaks through you. Your intuition opens. Yes. Your heart-centeredness opens. And you now can be a channel of wisdom, Yes. truth, versus, you know, how do I know who to believe and what to believe? Well, my guidance tells me. And it's not your left brain. It is not your mind. We it's need to get beyond, rid of that. It is beyond, beyond that. that. Yeah. No. It is your conscious, your consciousness that is coming through yeah. in order to guide your everyday experiences in life. Yeah. The there's a, a thought that went through my head there and it slipped away, but I think that um I think that's one of the reasons for the revival of plant medicines is people mm-hmm. really have come so trapped in their existence and in the narrowness of a material existence yep. and an outcome oriented everything. So there's no play and right. play is frowned upon and, and all the rules and regulations, you know, Orthodox religions are run like corporations. I even call them corporate religion and it's oriented towards making money yep. and not really freeing people and inequality and sexism. Yeah, especially the Christian religion yes. is just like r- brutal to women. I mm-hmm. mean, I cannot believe any woman would join that religion unless they just were ignorant of what they were really getting into. But yep. I can show you a hundred Bible passages that just make women completely, utterly second-class citizens yep. and far worse. So it's it's a it's a very interesting process that we're all going through, and, and it's what we're talking about actually is an ex- example of how we have pushed our unconscious into the outer environment. Exactly. And, and speaking of that, Jung makes a very profound comment. He says, your unconscious always meets you from the outside yes. until you meet it within. Ah, uh, beautiful. And so what I'm saying is our unconscious is meeting us from the outside yes. in the events of the world. Exactly. And until we meet it on the inside exactly. and say, how did I contribute to this? Yes. And how do I change the way I contribute to the world so that it's harmonious with a common dream that's good for all of yes, us? Yes, exactly. Then it's not going to change. Exactly. And it's very profitable to keep people stuck in that yes. location. So yeah, there's lots of amazing things that we are going to talk about today. And I'm I'm excited that we're talking about what we are because, you know, this is an adult conversation about a lot of things that people don't like to hear. Yeah. You know, that's the sad part. A yeah. lot of people don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear that <clears throat> that many of us had really tough childhoods, but we can't keep cashing that card in. Right. 
because you don't go anywhere with no. it. No. You know, it's it's a it's like the do not pass go and monopoly type situation. You you can be the victim, the saboteur, the prostitute, and the eternal child all you want, but all we do is get more of what we got in the world. Because exactly. Once you get two thirds or th- or seventy five percent of your population running those programs. The question is, who's going to drive the school buses? Exactly. Who's going to fly the airplanes? Right. Who's going to protect the country? Well, right now, we don't have anybody doing any of those things very well. That And those are the people who are doing those things. Yes. Because we've been so unconscious for so long. Yeah. And what people don't realize, they do. They tend to do one of two things. This is the old paradigm that we're healing and moving out of now, is what you said, what you just brought up, which is, you know, a lot of people had a troubled childhood. And people do one of two things with that. Either, nope, that was a long time ago. Don't, I bury my head in the sand. That was too long ago for me to think about. Or that's not affecting me. That doesn't affect me. So they go into complete denial, shut it out, which is suppression. They suppress all of it. Or they play the victim card. Oh, poor me. I had it so bad. And why am I? Both of those are two sides of the same coin. Both of those are two sides of dysfunction. Yes. You know, you, neither one of those heals anything. No. Right. So we have to do the work to say, okay, what programs, what wounds are inside of me? I take radical responsibility for myself and I am going to use the expert guidance of somebody who can show me what's in my blind spot. What are my wounds? So that I can then learn exactly how to heal them. Yeah. You know, and that's what this work is all about. We all want to feel good, be healed, be happy, be whole, be powerful. So let's just do the work to get that. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, let's just do the work to, to get that. How there. many lifetimes are you going to wait? You know. Yeah, because as our planet dies, you're running out of a, a experience to even learn on this Earth school. Yes, you are, and, and uh, I think it's time for us all to, you know, slip on our adult boots and get get our hands dirty. Exactly, it's time. We've run out of time, so let's let's do the work together and together. Yeah, together. To get, we're here together to do yeah. this. You know, you're not alone. You're not moving through, you know, healing yourself by yourself. It's we're together. It's togetherness and it's yeah. unity. Yeah. And it's it's leading us towards being able to live in oneness at some point. Yes. You know, because you heal yourself, you realize how many other people are really healing themselves. Yes. Yeah. And you, we elevate together. You can see the world changes, you change. Exactly. Uh, you know, the quantum physicist Erwin, Sch- er- Erwin Schrodinger uh, makes a very profound point in one of his books. He says, you and your world picture are identical. Yes. And that's a pretty profound statement from a quantum physicist. Yep. You know, what he's saying is, whatever you perceive the world to be cannot be separate from you because you're the one perceiving it. Yep. Therefore, you can't change the world out of side of you without changing your view of the world inside of you. There you go. And that is exactly what this work is. It is exactly what this work is. So if you can imagine, if we had 1,000 people move through this program, that 1,000 people would, the domino effect, the butterfly effect, Mm -hmm. would have a tremendous shift on this planet. In creating more light, elevating people's consciousness, everybody yeah. healing everything. Yes. And the, it would just spread. It would just spread. Only 1,000 people. 
Yeah. You know, so the question is, do you want to be one of those 1000 people to number one, heal yourself completely and fully and mm. elevate your level of, of higher brain functioning versus the old survival brain functioning, which is where people are trapped. That's why change and healing seems to be so hard. Mm-hmm. We're trapped in that lower brain. This shifts you out of lower brain functioning, survival brain to an elevated higher brain functioning yeah. to where you can actually heal and not run any of these programs. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, we, you know, the more stress we get, the more we drop down into our reptilian brain. And then we're just sort of like, um, well, we're in survival mode. Exactly. That's right? exactly and it. You, you know, you can never, it's not a good idea to throw in a cartwheel if you're running from a lion. Right. So, right. <laughs> so the point is, we're at a point in the world right now where we need to be the most creative we've ever been. Exactly. But you can't come up with solutions to complex problems from a place of from uh, survival, uh, perceived brain. disablement and fear. Absolutely. You know, you have to really like climb up and out, but it takes skilled coaching to do that. It, it really does. You know, I look at Donald Trump spending $2 trillion on a stimulus package for something that was no more threatening the seasonal flu. And I have said to many of my students and people, can you imagine what would happen to the world if $2 trillion was spent on legitimate health education, Uh, legitimate psychological uh, help to give airtime to the people in our culture that actually have the skill to to heal us and guide us? Yes. We we would, you know, the, the first thing that would happen is we'd all wake up and go, I'm not spending money with these corporations anymore. I'm not going to live on my phone anymore. I'm not going to let them control me. And no, I'm not going to be tracked. And why on earth would I ever allow that to happen in the first place? So if we don't. And that's where we give birth to our true power. Yes. Because we do the work to heal ourselves. we, We shift and we spend our money now on the things that will allow us to heal and elevate and function from elevated brain consciousness versus survival brain consciousness. And we shift and we put our resources towards these things versus because that's how we change the whole world. Yes. From one person at a time choosing to do this level of work, going this deep and elevating themselves. And the more people that do that, they say, I'm not going to spend my money on this over here or on the flashy car. Why would that's just ridiculous when I could get a lower end brand new car and put my money towards experts that will help guide me and elevate my level of consciousness. I can be free now. Yeah. I can learn how to be free. You know, it's part of the, the, the problem with a lot of people trapped in their survival brain. They don't realize how much they're spending on all this nonsense to keep the monster alive Yeah, versus shifting their focus and spending their money on the things, the people, the experts, the healers that can guide uh, our whole planet out of this. Yeah. And that's where we have to change our focus. Yeah. That's where we have to change our focus. Yeah. And it's do or die, really. It's do it or is. die, even if it's not physically, it's do or die to the soul. It is. And that absolutely of, is true. So many people have lost connection with their soul. Yep. It's, it's sad. Um, you know, the good news is, is that. There's people like us that are here to support that. Yep. And uh, there is a lot of very skilled people out there. And and I'm fortunate to have found them and studied them and be able to share them, which is why I've got you here, right? That's what we're doing. (laughs) But uh, I think, I think it's a, it's the great awakening. It's, um, it's the greatest opportunity we've ever had because now we're facing the dragon that we created together and there's no excuses and there's no question. 
we can't delay it any longer. Exactly. Yeah, that's the place that we're in. We've talked a, a good amount about, you know, the the programs, the patterns, the conditioning. I have a quote from Jung here. I just wanted to see uh, what your thoughts are on it. All children are tasked with their parents' unfinished business. You know, that that's a, a, a lot deeper than a lot of people realize. Most people think that means that, um, you know, if your parents were angry a lot, that you, you're tasked with not learning how not to be angry all the time. And that's true as well. But there's also another element in there that I'd like to share and then just share, see what you have to say on that. And that is that a lot of our parents today didn't do what they wanted to do for their living. They did what they thought they had to do to make a living or what their parents told them to do. So there's a huge, as you know, a huge amount of anxiety and depression and all sorts of neurosis in the world, which you know would be a, an adaptation to an inner crisis that someone doesn't know how to resolve or is avoiding resolving. So a lot of the unfinished business I see in the world is is being clear on what our own dream is for ourselves, and knowing that even if your parents don't approve of it, you you have the responsibility for yourself to be brave enough to do what fills your heart with love. I say a labor of love is sustainable, but anything else is just labor, and that leads mm-hmm. to health problems. Yeah. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are on Jung's comment. Well, I think the unfinished business is not to do what your parents want you to do or how parents often try to live through you. Oh, you have to be the lawyer. You have to be right. the doctor. I want you to be this because I didn't get to be that. I want you to have. And that's a misinterpretation. It's yeah. It's... You, parents, were not able to fully heal and awaken. You didn't achieve that this time around in this lifetime. And that's my job to now do it. I have to pick up where you were not able or capable in the programs and patterns and things that you ran, that you didn't heal your wounds from your parents. And this is a generation to generation to generation. So it's now my responsibility to see exactly how I was programmed, the wounds that were created for me, and heal all of that. That is my unfinished business. That stops that generational trauma. It stops the negative programs passing generation to generation. That's what we're here to do in this global awakening right now anyway. Yes, it is. And and unfortunately, our parents left us with a lot of unfinished business. They sure did. (laughs) And my concern is, is, is that the kids in the world right now are not equipped to deal with the mess being handed to them. Uh-uh. We've got the sickest population of children, the most, in general, in my opinion, poorly educated, yep. not even really educated, brainwashed, that don't know where food comes from, that wouldn't have a clue how to farm or grow or fish or hunt. <clears throat> uh, they just think food magically appears in a store called a shopping mall or a, a food mart they don't yep. realize what's involved in that mm-hmm. um so it, it's it's really we we have to really take over for our parents all of us right now because our parents really ushered in the industrial revolution and mm-hmm. it's basically uh turned nature into industry and commodity as opposed to being a living Uh, being that has to be nurtured you know exactly it's pretty scary really it is scary 
<clears throat> what are some of the common responses that result from an individual's program being triggered? Now, of course, I know these, but I want to give you a chance to share from your perspective for the audience. So we've used that word a lot of times, trigger. So what are some classic ways the listener could know you're triggered right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first, let's clear up the mistake that some people make, which they use trigger in place of um, anger. Uh So they just think triggered means I'm pissed off or I'm angry. That certainly can be a trigger. You're triggered and that means you're angry now. But to be triggered means something activated something inside of yourself that pulled you out of peace. Yes. So if you're triggered, something's activated. What does that mean? It means a program is running. Yeah. It means a wound got, you poked the stick in that open wound, something somebody said or did, and now you're running a program of... Uh, victim or defensiveness, or you're offended. Oh, we love that one nowadays. A lot of people oh, run yes, that. I'm yeah. so offended by everything nowadays. Yeah. And it's and it doesn't mean that when people are being outright sexist, racist, that we shouldn't call that out and take care of that injustice. Right. But I don't have to be offended. Why would I be offended by somebody's low level of consciousness? Right. All that shows in me is that I'm that low level of consciousness. It shows me I'm running the program of being offended, which means I'm deeper running a program of being a victim. Yeah. It means I'm disempowered. It also means you're not contributing to any resolution of exactly. the issue you're 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 just now meeting a pathology with a pathology yes and you know dirt on dirt never makes for clear water exactly um in lesson four programs patterns and conditioning you speak of the importance increase of increasing your level of self-awareness i'd love it if you could define the self in your concept Yeah. So that's, I mentioned this earlier in the sense that we have to awaken to the fact that we have two selves, truly. Our true self is our soul, is our higher self, however you want to refer to it. Um, Everybody's language is different and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But our true self is that consciousness, the formless being, the soul that is having a human experience. And then we have our human self. Some of the older teachings in order to help awaken people to the fact that they have this higher self, so to speak, focuses on um, kind of letting go of your human self. And in a way, the older teachings needed to be that way. They needed to be that way to awaken to the fact that you're a divine soul having a human experience. This is the earth school, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of things we already talked about. However, we want to remember that our higher self needs to truly guide and direct our human self. And that requires healing of the shattered soul, healing of all the suffering and pain we experience as the human self. When those two aspects of us get healed and integrate, that's wholeness. So now you're talking about an integrated self who is healed and guided by their higher soul or their divine self. Yes. Do you ever study alchemy at all? I mean, honestly, what I do and what I guide people through is the epitome of alchemy. I mean- classical like traditional alchemy i have in the past because you know Mm -hmm. it's very coded yes so there's a lot of like interesting strange diagrams like you know half man half animal things and all sorts of stuff but one of the things that they show in alchemy that's coded and the reason it's coded is because the alchemists were constantly pursued by the church and they killed lots of them yeah uh, because alchemy is actually really 
there's two forms of alchemy, what became chemistry and what came, became spiritual enlightenment processes. Yep. yep. And, and Jung really probably was the first person to truly crack the psychological code of alchemy. He spent mm -hmm. many, many years studying alchemy, and I've studied his teachings on it. It's very, very good. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because one of the, the code paintings or pictures in alchemy is that when you are starting the work of applying alchemy to your spiritual healing, they'll show a picture of a horse with two riders on it, but it's the same person. There's just two of them. Mm -hmm. And then when you finish the work, there's only one rider on the horse. Yeah. So what they're showing in symbolic form is what you've just described. Yeah. The horse with two people means there's actually two people trying to control the horse. So yes. the horse is always a bit confused. Right. But when you're integrated and you're letting your higher self guide you, now there's only one person riding the horse. Yes. And the horse is actually a symbol for freedom. Mm -hmm. So once you integrate <clears throat> and then it's you and the horse, then the relationship's a lot less complicated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure most of you are aware, even though you may not like the taste of organs, that organ meats are extremely important and good for you. And I've got great news for you. Paleo Valley makes an amazing grass-fed organ complex that's unique and better than anything I've ever found out there. So much better. I wanted you to hear right from Autumn Smith, its creator, exactly what you're going to get from their grass-fed organ complex. Autumn, get us informed on why we should be using your amazing organ complex. Okay. Well, like you said, organ meats are nature's multivitamins. And when we use them, we feel this energy and this stamina. And most people don't like the flavor. So what we did was we took grass-fed and finished organs like liver and heart and kidney, and we just put them into capsules so that you can get all the benefits, the beautiful benefits of organ meats without actually having to taste them, without liver burps, of course. And they're just freeze-dried. So again, they're not processed heavily in any way whatsoever, and they are sourced from American farmers using regenerative agricultural practices. And all you have to do to try it out is go to our website at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15, and that's lowercase c-h-e-k-15. And I sincerely hope you love it. What are some of the tools you offer your students for identifying their programs, patterns, and conditionings, such as triggers? Is it like, can you share like some of the approaches you take to that? So part of the program is in the very beginning, you learn, you know, what are mental programs, for example, and yeah. you focus a period of time only on, oh, I'm triggered. So what mental programs am I running? Right. And those are the thoughts that you think. What does your mind tell you about this person, this situation? This is unfair. This isn't right. I can't handle this. This is too hard. Yeah. I, it, the change is too hard. Those are all mental programs. Yes. You know, and here's, here's one of the things. The fastest people can awaken to this, you'll actually quicken your ability to heal everything. Yeah. When you realize your mind is batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Bat shit crazy. I don't care who you are. <laughs> the mind is not meant to be the CEO. No. It, it makes a very good employee. It is not meant to be the yeah. CEO. The mind is crazy. I tell people your mind makes a far better tool than a master. Yes. The <laughs> mind is not the master. So, and the problem is we've put it in that role for so many years. Well, that's for so many part you know, of the cultural crisis we're exactly. going through. We're worshiping ideas more than reality. Exactly. And a lot of these ideas obviously aren't working. Yeah. 
Uh, exactly. And I could give you a, a, such a long list, it would take a thousand hours to yeah. stop spewing them. Right. But yeah, so it's, uh, you know, taking a look at it and then having the awareness of where the patterns and programs are. To see exactly what your mental programs are, to yeah. simply identify them, you start to separate from them. And then you you learn, well, what are you now are your emotional programs? Yes. And, and, and you bring up, you're triggering, I hate to use that word, but you're triggering an awareness of something I think is appropriate to share right now. And that is that one of the misconceptions of meditation is that if you just meditate, it'll heal these things. Yep. Meditation is a great way to witness the batshit crazy mind. Yes. But it's like the Quakers say, pray and move your feet. You can yep. witness all you want, exactly. but if you don't do the work you're talking about, exactly. then you you can get spiritual elitism and say, oh, I've been meditating for 20 years yep. and, and think everybody else is all screwed up and be completely blind to the fact that you're just as full of judgments and yes. trauma as everybody else. It's kind of like watching uh teenagers fight on the corner and just sitting there and watching them beat the hell out of each other and doing nothing well you haven't really done anything but watch two people demonstrate a lack of parenting and therefore you're guilty by association by not doing anything and that's how we got this country in that situation everybody expected someone else to do it someone else to do it and your and your example is a beautiful one i actually had a client who was 82 i think if i remember correctly she was 82 years old that came to me she was a meditation teacher. She meditated for two hours the start of her every single morning, and she was amazing at it. And she was a beautiful teacher. She could mm -hmm. guide people in the beautiful medit and really teach people how to do it. You know, she came to me with anxiety and panic disorder. Yes. And how do you meditate every single day of your life for 40 years, and you're a teacher of it, and you still get panic attacks? Right. And so now here's the beauty. Because she meditated, because she had that tool this is a supportive tool yeah it isn't it doesn't heal your programs no but it is a good supportive tool meditation is wonderful of course mm -hmm. meditation is wonderful so we're never saying don't meditate meditation is wonderful but because she meditated for so long and was so good at it she came and learned with me which allowed her to go very deep very quickly yes never had panic attack again and she yeah. she was done with anxiety in her very first week yeah. of doing this work now what yeah. made her what allowed her to have that ability to heal so quickly was because she meditated yeah but remember i want people to hear this loud and clear the fact that she meditated did not heal her panic disorder. No. It did not heal her anxiety. No. Her programs were running that are the programs of anxiety. You have to heal the actual program. Meditation is like being a lifeguard. But if you see a kid starting to drown, you got to climb down off the tower and go do something about it. Yes. But most people meditate and watch themselves drowning and yes. go, oh, look at that. I'm angry at my mom or I'm pissed off at my wife or, yep. oh, I got to try to let go of that, let go of that, let go of that. But you still haven't really got under the programming. You exactly. haven't, for example, looked at the mother archetype projecting itself onto all women mm -hmm. or the father archetype or the eternal child, or any of the archetypes that are related to, shall we say, programming that doesn't serve us. Yes. And those archetypes are, are very common. I, I tell people archetypes are the root language of consciousness. Jung says, just as a picture is worth a thousand words, an archetype is worth a million images. Mm -hmm. So when we start getting to 
when we're trying to track down where our 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 behavioral challenges come from and the programs, the patterns, and the complexes related to them, you know, whenever you get to an archetype, it says, okay, for example, if I've got challenges in my relationship with women and I haven't looked at the mother archetype, I haven't looked at who programmed me to perceive what a woman should be and what I expect of her yes. for better or worse, how mm-hmm. she behaves, and the same with men, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, the the exploration of the archetypes is, is a, a critical thing because if you get to the archetype, you could get to a thousand dysfunctional programs as a metaphor. But if you say, okay, I'm irritated about how my wife uh, shows up late to cook dinner and I'm irritated at the fact that she's at, irritated at me because I leave my clothes laying on the floor, mm-hmm. then you're, it'll take you a, a thousand years. But if you go right to the issues with mommy, you can see, then you see the domino effect. You see yes. the ripple effect of how, oh, well, that issue shows up in my relationships with pretty much every woman that I spend any time with. Yes. And now you're getting down to, you know, root level healing. Um, how does our shadow come into play with the issue of being triggered and being present with and capable of loving oneself? Mm. If that is a clear enough question for you. So remembering that the shadow aspect of us are all of our programs, wounds, and that means every aspect of us that is everything less than loving, right? So mm. if I show up in any of my programs or my wounds, let's say that I'm running a, a, a blame program. Yeah. I'm angry, I'm judgmental, and I'm critical of my partner. Mm-hmm. None of those are loving. No. None of that is love. It's not, those aren't aspects of love. Those are aspects of our fear-based shadow self, our unhealed wounds. And so if I'm coming from shadow, that means I'm coming from my unloving programs, period, end. You realize you're coming from unloving programs. Well, how do I then love myself? I see the programs running and instead of judging and blaming them, I learn to drop into my heart space. I connect to heart energy. I connect to my source of divine power Yeah, and I allow the programs themselves to be saturated with the power of my love. Yeah. That's part of this work. Instead of running from it, shaming it, ignoring it, jumping on your phone, feeding addictions in order to suppress it. We don't suppress anymore. We let our ugly, our pain come up and yeah. we learn to get, real comfortable with pain. We learn to love our pain. And that means the more you give love to the things that you don't like or that are harmful to others, Mm -hmm. the more love you give to that, the more acceptance and spaciousness you give it, it has no reason to be there. It cannot exist in this lower energy anymore. Yeah. Well, you you see what you're doing is you're stopping the power source. Exactly. you, You know, you don't, like if your alarm clock's going off and it's driving you crazy and you hit the button to stop it and it doesn't work, well, then you have to pull the plug on the thing and then it will stop. Exactly. So if we're not getting to the power source, then we're not actually um, treating the, the root issue of it. Exactly. It's just topping weeds and they grow back quick. They grow back quick because you didn't yeah. get to the root. Yes. Um you know, the, the shadow has so many other elements, too. You know, I've studied it a lot. My favorite author on the shadow is Robert A. Johnson. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. him? He was a famous Jungian analyst. Very, very good. He's got a book. I think it's called The Shadow. And and he talks a lot about um, that the shadow really is 
begins with an enculturation process because when we're enculturated we all of our natural instincts like uh, i'll share the i share lots of things on here so this won't be shocking but rachel i just brought her over to have lunch with me at the house and mana had just got out of the swimming pool naked and he's laying on the floor with his legs spread wide open so his butthole and everything's right in (laughs) rachel's face she's sitting right at the table looking right at him but you see that's not something a cultured person would do. Mm-hmm. So Mana is showing his child instincts, which is complete comfort with his nudity. Yeah. But then you start getting into religious programming, and then you you get all this you know, body <clears throat> uh, di- body disgust or body disdain or yep. body uh, avoidance. Yep. And and it, it's sad because we go through this enculturation process, but eighty five percent of the world population claims religious affiliation and the three biggest ones well buddhist buddhism i think is bigger than um judaism but you got christianity islam and judaism are the the abrahamic religions which are the primary ones in the west Mm -hmm. but even islam all of these religions because i've worked with this countless times have a real um undercurrent of it being negative to love yourself yes and to and to really it's considered, you know, their concept is is you got to kill the ego and you've got to give it all away and and you should give everything to people and the church and to to care about yourself or to love yourself is selfish. It's, you know, and and so what you end up with is a lot of people that basically have to push any natural urge to care for themselves into the shadow, into the unconscious. Yes. So. Which actually then, as a byproduct, this is a karmic result of that, is to create a lot of loneliness. Yes. That's one thing that people don't realize, is why do I feel so lonely? Because you're That's never why. with yourself. Yes, exactly. And 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 when you look <clears throat> at what's going on in the world today, you see a lot of censorship going on. And when you start censoring people, it's like telling a child to shut up. But if the child needs to express its hunger or its sadness or its need for connection and you keep censoring it then it has to push those emotions down and they show up as disease yep when jung speaks of myth and how we have become so full of ourselves that with the scientific mindset we've relegated myth to lies and fantasies mm-hmm. he says zeus has now been relegated to the solar plexus and shows up as all sorts of pathologies within our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so when we have a whole culture, a world culture particularly, but very strongly in the West, that's had to push so much of their authentic self and their child nature because that got repressed right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. So now we have all this problems with pornography. Why? Because we didn't get to touch our genitals and go through the normal exploration of a child to learn ourselves. Right. And we were told all this is bad. And, and we were taught shame. We were taught sh- guilt and shame and yeah. laden with it. And these religions make billions and billions and billions and trillions of dollars off it. Religion is considered to be the most profitable industry in the world. Although the sale of people's personal information has probably mm. surpassed it, unfortunately. But the point I'm driving at is that. As we were talking about earlier, the the shadow of a culture reflects the common 
shadow elements in the in the individual. Yes. And what I'm trying to point out here, because we're, it's a great point to make in the world situation, is that people don't realize that all this censorship is pushing more and more of people's need to express themselves authentically about <laughs> issues that are really important. Yeah. And so what happens is it turns out to be, like you said, nervousness, anxiety, yes. depression, suicide, drug use, which just collapses the very people that have got to contribute to making the change or we will never do anything except keep expecting someone to fix us with a magic pill or a shot or a surgery and pretty soon they're going to have nothing left but what they're trying to do which is a, a electronic lobotomy well and then then you have to go to other planets to go destroy them because we destroyed this one and everything on it well it just keeps going yeah there's yeah. no end to it that's the no. monster of it is it doesn't end it yes. just grows bigger until the destruction is everywhere it's global yes and when you see I've looked at many analysis by very highly skilled psychologists. In fact, Jung wrote about what he predicted the future would be like. So did Steiner. And they had it bang on mm -hmm. based on their study of human beings all the way back in the early 1900s. Jung died in 61. So he, you know, I was born in 61. So 60 years ago. Um, but these guys saw all these patterns. And basically said straight up, if we as human beings don't address this, this is what is going to happen in the yeah. future. And here it is. And here it is. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the important thing to remember is that to, in order to heal the patterns we see on the macro level, on the global level, we have to do the work within ourselves. Yes. And now is the time. And your program obviously takes people through that work. Step by step. Yep. It's so critical because... You know, there's a lot of great books on the shadow, and I've studied a lot of them. And a person that has enough knowledge and training in the healing arts, but particularly the psychological aspect of it, because really we're talking about psychology here, mm -hmm. the study of the soul is what the psyche is, the soul. Um, if you don't have somebody guiding you, you can read all those books and do all those things, but... How many times have you seen someone, you walk to their house and they got 50 certificates on the wall, but you yep. don't see any evidence of exactly. any happening? Exactly. That goes back to the golden three of the Masters of Self-University. Yes. Which is integrity, authenticity, and expertise. Yes. And doing the work, walking your talk. You yeah. have to go through the transformation first before you can guide other people through transformation. Yes. You know, and that's that's the beauty of it is when you when you function from that level, I'm willing to do the work on myself and the work that I learn and do myself for myself. Yes. I can then go out and help other people learn the work. Yes. And that's that's what we're creating here. We're yes. creating unity in that sense, unity of authentic healing, not some meme or not some marketing bullshit yeah. to, you know, over overcharge and under deliver yeah. or over promise and under deliver everybody calls everything transformational healing and it's a load of crap it's not coping well, coping tools and coping mechanism and supportive tools are not transformational they are not healing it's been around since the 60s and even earlier um what we call new age stuff it, you can find it even earlier than the 60s i got books from the 30s right here in my library teaching the same stuff that yep started coming out 60s 70s 80s 90s but I, I see no evidence yeah. really that it's working. And I think it goes back to mentorship and having, you know, there's a beautiful saying by Shankara in the book, The Crest Jewel of Discrimination. And Shankara 
Are you familiar with Shankara? Uh He was a Hindu philosopher sage that at eight years of age started traveling India on foot looking for the greatest spiritual gurus to debate, and he never lost a debate in his life. Ah, that's wonderful. So very highly evolved soul. But Shankara says, no man can understand scripture until he's enlightened. Yes. And when he's enlightened, he does not need scripture. He doesn't need scripture, exactly. The problem is, is that we don't have but a thimble full of enlightened people on the planet teaching children and educating exactly. us on anything. And most university professors have never actually no. done what they teach. No. So we, we- And that, number one, I want to say two things about that, is that's what makes this program so different, first of all. But the most important thing is gaining knowledge doesn't transform and heal. No. And we have been trapped in the mind for so many centuries at this point, for so many generations. We keep reinforcing, um, gain more knowledge, gain more knowledge, gain more knowledge. And that's that's lovely. But I want to remind everybody that Hitler was a genius. Oh, yeah. Hitler was a genius. So is Bill Gates. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And the gaining more knowledge so doesn't is Rockefeller. heal anything. And so is Satan. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's learning that how do I integrate so that my being how I show up in the world, my beingness is different than it was before, is healed, is whole, is mm. being guided by its own divine wisdom. Yeah. You know, that's very threatening to the powers. That well, yeah. are that you know everybody in charge right now. They don't want that to they happen. They want nobody to be free, and, and that's why we need everybody to do this work so they can become yeah. authentically free. Yes, and you know, sorry, uh, Jung has a very potent saying: the function of religion is to stop you from having a religious experience. Yep. Well, one doesn't usually have a religious experience until they have enough love in them to fully connect. To nature or themselves or another human being. Yeah. But when you make love dangerous and you make love scary and you make God scary and you make God dangerous and you make everything a sin, then it's, uh, it's just, it leads to a lot of people that don't have a religious experience or mystical experiences that could come easily naturally like yes. like a kid often does all the time. Exactly. And so what we end up with is instead of having religious experiences, we have the pain of being caught in a skin suit. Yes. And we end up having to go to alcohol and legal drugs because those are the ones that the priests will allow. Yep. And all of those are ego enhancing and self uh, isolating and and rigidifying. And it's and it suppresses the healing the problem anyway. It does. It's just a suppressor, you know, and our, our mystical experiences are our true nature. They are. That's the, that's the truth of who we are. And you don't have to go sit on a mountain for 30 years meditating to have a mystical experience. You can have a mystical experience with your dog. Yes. Or making love or or eating great food or listening to music or watching the sun rise and set or, or, Allowing realizations to come while you're listening to a podcast can be a a mystical experience Mm -hmm. if you're open. And that's learning how to be, how do I open my heart? How do I become more of the light that I truly am? How do I heal the parts of me that block my mystical experiences? Because you don't have to learn how to be mystical. Instead, you learn to heal every aspect of you that is blocking those mystical experiences from coming in because that's your true nature anyway. 
Well, the soul itself is a mystical experience. Exactly. You know, Jung describes mystical experiences, as do others, as something wholly other. And what they mean by that is, for example, if you are in, like I go very deep in Tai Chi and I get to the point where I can literally feel and see plants and trees breathing, Mm -hmm. or I can see the aura of the tree. I'll give you an example, a simple example of a mystical experience. I'm clairvoyant, so Mm -hmm. I can see auras and energy fields and things like that. One time I was laying in my front yard taking a nap and I was very relaxed. I looked up at the tree and, and because I was so relaxed, Normally, if I want, like, if I want to read your energy field, I have to switch into my mm-hmm. second attention. I have to shift consciousness yeah. into what part of me sees that. But I looked up at the tree and I was just like, look at that tree's aura. It's unbelievably beautiful. And all of a sudden, like a bird, a robin or something came and landed and I could see its aura. Yeah. And I sat and watched and I watched the aura of the bird open itself and the tree's aura enveloped yep. the bird yes. so that the bird, when it landed on the tree, had its own concealed aura. So it looked like an energy ball mm-hmm. inside the aura of the tree, kind of like someone would paint something on top of something yeah. else. But within the span of about three or four minutes, the bird's energy field opened and the tree's energy field went into the bird's field. And now there was one field and yep. it was as though the tree was putting its arms around yes. the bird like a mommy yes. and, and and saying, I love you. Welcome. Yes. You know, and, and so that's when I say a mystical experience is something wholly other. It's something wholly other to actually see the intimacy of the love and the energetic exchange in nature. Exactly. Because for us, that is wholly other. Most people think trees are just wood, chop the damn thing down. Yes, exactly. And if you don't like the bird, shoot at it. Yeah. Right. So that that makes experiences of the spirit of nature wholly other. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And it's happening everywhere all the time. Yeah. And people miss it because they're trapped in their mind and they're running their programs of fear yeah. and hate and yes. judgment. And you heal that, you're able to open up, you're able to go sit near a tree and have that very experience. Yes. Or the the animals in in around your house or in nature or your pets you can actually experience the nature of that animal and how holy it is yeah. and how mystical it is and how divine it is because you're now healed enough to connect with the mysticism that is that yeah and the lessons and the the miracles that happen when you're there yeah they're they happen on a regular basis yeah every day and because they're they're so revelatory. You know, numinous or mystical experiences are very revelatory. They they reveal hidden truths to they, you. Yes. And what I find is that when you relax enough and you heal enough and you see how magical the world is, then you actually start to realize that you are part of something so magnificent and so vast that you're never alone because it took the entire universe to create you. It yep. takes the whole world to keep a human being and house it and contain it. We have to have an atmosphere. We have to have soil. We have to have sun. We have to have the moon. 
we, we, you know, we can't be human without the earth. Exactly. So when somebody reaches that level of awareness through these mystical, numinous experiences and realizing that the earth is trying to care for us, and then we don't feel alone anymore. We realize yeah. that the trees are our friends, the bees are our friends, the birds, the bears, the insects. And, and that's of, no longer some mental concept. Yes, and we don't have to kill everything. Yeah. It's no longer just a thought. It's you have the energetic mystical experience of those beings when you're around those beings, when yes. you're walking through nature, yeah. when you're around other people or walking through, you know, a public place. You have those experiences yes. when you've done enough healing and done enough of this work where, oh my goodness, I, I've never seen this before. I've never seen the aura of other things before. Well, that just becomes natural your every day. Yes. A lot of it is is learning to relax don't sweat the small stuff and i think a lot of is is learning to trust that there's a bigger unfolding than than most people can comprehend yeah you know everybody wants to put things into some kind of tight package but you know what we call source or god has no beginning or no end right you know, the Big Bang gives the illusion that the universe has had a definite beginning and classical physical approaches say, well, then we're going to have a big crunch and we're all going to come to a dead end. But the reality is that cosmology shows that every major star and every major galaxy has a black hole, which is connected to a white hole, mm -hmm. and that the universe is perpetually regenerating itself. Mm -hmm. And that we call the black hole was just another Big Bang of an endless series of big bangs. Mm -hmm. The point I'm making is that the source of life and existence is so utterly mysterious that if we can sit back and, and find the love in us to connect to it and just lay in under the stars and look at the stars and, and think, my God, you know, what, what is an intelligence and a power great enough to create a universe that is so vast and so comprehensive and somehow runs so beautifully and produces life like we have here and many other forms of life, that's when really your spirituality is expanding to the point where it's really having a healing effect on you. And even if you die, you know that that's okay too, because mm -hmm. what you are is not your physical body. Yes, right. it's you have a body you and it's an expression body. of you. It's yep. a it's a a beautiful gown your soul wears at this particular party. But when you come into this depth of love and this depth of relationship and connection, it's very, very healing and, and it makes it easy for a person to see how a lot of the trauma in the world is from being caught in a tra traumatized state. Yeah, absolutely. And the identification of being the body yeah. to begin with. Yeah. That I identify that this is me. The person is just me. That's who I am. And that's identifying with the little self. Yeah. And it's denying the soul self from coming in and guiding your human experience. Yeah. And that's where the depression and the anxiety and all of the addictions come from to begin with. And it's it's easy to feel who whose soul resides within them, mm -hmm. right? Now- a lot of us are more used to seeing that in in entertainers. Like when you see, yeah, 
a Mariah Carey sing. There's soul in there. When you um, hear uh, Christina Aguilera or watch her dance and sing, like no human being can dance. Like Michael Jackson had soul. Had soul. Right. And That's the soul's expression. And I think a lot of people can relate to it more easily with the examples you're giving. Like yeah. they understand an artist. Yes. The soul is expression is coming through that painting yes. Yes. or that writing or yes. that song that person is singing. Yes. But I think a lot of people don't understand. They only kind of relate that level of, of creativity or divinity to come through like an artist doing it. Yeah. They don't realize the CEO of a company can have that too. Yes. And I think what I'm, driving it yes i agree with those observations and i'm not excluding those when someone's in contact with their soul there is only one person there mm -hmm. there is a presence there mm -hmm. they look at you with their eyes and there's you're only with one person yeah and and when you look at a lot of our political leaders talking there, there is not one person there. There is many people inside of there. And you look at their body language. Like I've seen Bill Gates on a number of lectures and he, he moves like um, not human. There's, uh, he, he, if I had to take a wild guess at it with my life experience as a therapist and a coach, he looks like a very traumatized child in an adult body. And unfortunately, you know, that unhealed trauma leads to somebody who, um, has, our, has our, our unhealed trauma leads to causing harm to others. Uh, yes. Period. Because we become and, unconscious of what we're doing. Yes. And that unhealed trauma is always going to continue to harm self, myself, yeah. and it's going to harm in some way, shape or form the people around me or the people that associate me with me or my spouse or partner or my family members or close friends or my colleagues or my employees. Yeah. It is always going to cause harm to others when I am that way. Yeah. And so, you know, the, it gets, it's easy for us to create more separation by using, seeing these big, obvious examples. And a good example I give a lot is a billionaire who doesn't, you know, pay, you know, his employees a livable wage. Right. That is an easy example. We see that so much in our world right yeah. now. Um, because if you're that big and you make that much money, why are you not bringing your employees up with you that are yes. running your business? Yeah. Why and not share the love? Why not share the love? And because there is no love. That's why. That because is it's, it. it's greed. It's not love. Yeah. Because if it were love, we would see that we are one. If I healed my trauma mm -hmm. and I'm no longer walking through this planet as an unhealed, traumatized, unconscious person, there's no way my employees would not rise up with me. Yes. And we, you know, and it doesn't mean that everybody makes exactly the same because people's egos get in the way. Their mental programs start defining what that means. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that. It just means you will not work for me without being able to survive on the, with this salary. Right. You know, there won't be a gap like this. Maybe there'll yeah. be a gap like this. Yeah. And that's reasonable. And it yeah. probably should be that way. But there will not be you left in the sewers while right. I rise to the stars. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to announce that one of my favorite companies in the world, Bioptimizers, has a brand new amazing product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. And boy, is that needed. Wade. 
I wanted you to come on and tell us how your new product works. Well, basically, we've combined a wide variety of products that help manage blood sugar and help dispose glucose into your muscle tissues as opposed into your fat tissues. And basically, by improving your insulin sensitivity and depositing sugar in a way that enhances your health, you will be able to have better workouts, better lean body mass gains, get leaner more easy, and have that more steady blood sugar rate without the rises and dips, which is associated with you know blood sugar poor management. That's excellent. What's the discount for Living 4D listeners and where do they get it? Well, if you go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health slash living4d and put in Paul 10, you'll get a 10% discount. And if it doesn't impress you better than any other blood sugar product you've ever tried, you get 100% of your money back. Hey, that's a no risk purchase for an amazing product. And believe me, my track record with Bioptimizer's products is 100% satisfaction. Never had anybody complain to me and I highly doubt you will but I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you, Wade. I'm excited about the new product. And for a limited time, Bioptimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products, P3OM and Masszymes, with select purchases. As everyone listening can hear, we've now identified about 25 factors that have brought us to where we're at right now that all need to be brought into awareness and addressed and waiting for the world to fix itself never will work. It's never no. going, has worked, it won't work. So it's good for us to do this. My next question for you is, you know, we've used the word love about 50 times now. It's a very complex word that like God or like soul or spirit, there's, a, a, there's an endless number of perceived meanings for that. When you use the word love, what does it mean to you? What are you actually saying with that word? So it's easy sometimes to get very esoteric and define love as the consciousness and all that is, and mm -hmm. love is in everything and everyone, and yep. there is truth in that. Yes. Um, but I describe it and I defined it as love is not a feeling. Love is a way of being. Uh -huh. Love is a way of being. Because if we understand it's a way of being then we can understand that expressions of love arise out of our beingness. Yes. So if I am the beingness of love, what arises out of me without trying, organically, naturally, are things like compassion, patience, surrender. You know, those are expressions or things that arise out of love naturally. Yeah. Um, Wisdom, power arises out of love. If I am not the beingness of love right now, what arises out of me? Harm, judgment, shame, separation, sexism, racism. Mm, yes. On all varying levels. Yeah. So if we remember love isn't a feeling. Now, the feeling I love, like I, I love you. We, oft, we say that, right? We mm, say, yeah. oh, I have a feeling of love for you. That's because that feeling is arising out of the beingness of love. Yes. Love itself is not an emotion. It isn't a feeling, you know? So if we, I usually don't define things um, in our, in the program that I teach as, you know, the consciousness in everything and all that is, it is, um, but people can't relate to that. They don't then understand how they are love or are not love. So the beingness of love is something that is exists inside of you that when you heal your programs and wounds, you are all of the time the beingness of love. 
Mm-hmm. And then what ra- comes out of you at that point are all the beautiful things that we usually associate with love. Yeah. I think that because we're all source, and my belief is that source is unconditional love. Yes. We all have love in us and around us all the time. Yes. It's just that the things that that traumatize us and, yes. and you know, the shadow is kind of like dirt on windows the yes. more of it you get the less of the love you see existing exactly. all the time so i i honestly think in many ways it's not a question of is there love it's it's whether or not i can clear what's in the way of experiencing what's always there 100 yeah 100 you know not all of us love the same way and a lot of people speak of love styles or uh you know different love models I'd love it if you can share your thoughts on that. And I know from my own experience that love models can clash. Uh, In other words, I may do something for you that feels very loving to me, and it's a natural expression of my love, but it may be very far from what you perceive as loving. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, what's your thoughts on, because now there's probably five or six books out there on, love styles, love yeah. models and yeah. things like that. And, 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 and I've read several of them. Um, a lot of them are unfortunately have Christian orientation to them, which to me is a bit challenging as a therapist. Cause I can see the pathology yep. in the offering yep. and it's kind of like, you know, uh, just as they say, it's hard to change a man's belief system when his paycheck depends on it. And yep. it's hard to change the way a person sees the world when they haven't healed their programming. Yep, exactly. So what's your take on all the different kind of concepts of love models? Well, what the teachings that flow through me are, we have to understand that expressions of love, if they really truly are expressions of love, then they are love period. And it's what I, you know, circling back to what I was describing before is the beingness of love where people get trapped is they focus on things like, oh, I, I understand, I understand more about myself because I've learned what the five love languages are, for example. And so I speak this language and my partner speaks that love language and that is lovely. That's fine. Yeah. It's great. If, If that's what your human personality is, likes to express in this lifetime as love, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it. Here's where we get trapped. That let's say my love language is, um, you know, quality time or physical affection. Mm -hmm. And my partner's is gifts, gift giving, for Mm -hmm. example. Then every time my partner gives gifts, I'm like, I don't show appreciation or I don't, I feel unloved. Oh, what program am I running? Selfishness, entitlement, Mm -hmm. arrogance. Why am I running those programs? How dare I say the loving, his expression of love, which is selfless, it really truly is love. He's giving gifts because he love. he wants to show me love. How dare I run a program of entitlement and arrogance and rejection of love mm-hmm. because he's not doing it in the way that I tell him he must do it for me to feel loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, how old am I? I'm acting like an immature unhealed child. But most people don't even tell the other person what makes them feel loved. They just react negatively, passive aggressive behavior. Yep. You know, so it, it just builds up until it finally blows. And, yep. and that's what brings a big battle or a divorce or 
And that's learning how, what programs am I, how am I actually showing up versus how I like to think I'm showing up. Yes. So when we get in that trap of you have to be this exact certain specific way in order for me to feel loved, I have a lot of healing and growing up to do. Yes. There's a lot of inner child wounds there that need to be seen and brought to the surface to say, oh my God, I really don't give a shit about gifts, but you know what? The fact that he always gives me gifts is the most incredible, wonderful, selfless, loving. I have the most amazing partner. Yes. And now I can shift into grace and gratitude for the love that he is showing me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the place we need to we need to be. And guess what? I don't need him to show me love, to feel loved. That's the other mistake we make. Yes. Because if I heal myself and I am whole and I am the love that I truly am, no one outside of me needs to make me feel loved. I feel love for myself all the time. That's power. Yes, it is. It's freedom. It's freedom. Um, and power and freedom makes for a good ride. Yep. You got you, it. You know, one of the things too is we're talking about concepts like the shadow, which for some listeners might be new, but most of my listeners are pretty dialed in people. I mean, my podcasts get real deep into all sorts of things, but one of the things is a lot of people aren't brave enough or they don't, they might even hear a conversation like this and still feel vague about the shadow. But one of the things I would share is just remember that the circumstances of your life are showing you the outcome of your own inner process and belief. Life is like a living mirror. Mm -hmm. So if you can't find where the shadow is or you can't find where you're bullshitting yourself or you're blind to yourself, just look for the patterns in your life that are binding you and creating less freedom. Like you mentioned earlier, addictions or broken relationships. Like I mentioned, why do people leave you in relationships? There's almost always patterns. And in fact, I've never worked with anybody in my career that I couldn't easily find a pattern Yeah, and show them, look, here's your pattern. It's right there. And and some of them find it just absolutely shocking and re- revelatory. Like, oh my God, I had no idea I was doing that. Exactly. And that that's that's the aha moment that healing can begin in. Yes. You know? It's like, okay, now I can see that. Yes. And now we can transform it. And oftentimes that's followed by, I have a lot of forgiving and I mean, um, apologizing to do. <laughs> yes. Good idea. Um, you ask a very important question in lesson four. How do you react when challenge comes your way? This could also be stated with the word change in place of challenge, which is a real issue in our global environment today. So Rachel, what are some of the requisites we all need to meet to be equipped to deal with change? Like when the world's changing or yeah. when you lose your job or your spouse decides she doesn't want to be married anymore. Yeah. So one thing to to awaken to is the very things that make us resist change or make us resist or throw a tantrum when there's challenges, that this isn't fair, this isn't right, how could this be happening is that we've learned to move through life through our lower survival brain. And our lower survival brain means everything is fight, flight, or freeze. Everything yeah. is, sur- it's life or death literally to the brain. You might not feel like your life is threatened. You, you don't have to be attacked on the street. 
But it also, to understand, our lower brain created all of the programs we've been talking about this whole podcast. Our entire shadow self is created by our lower survival brain. Mm -hmm. And so a change comes, a challenge comes. Guess what? Change means I'm not safe. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that people understand about their programs. At the bottom, at the root of their programs is always a survival lower brain program that says, if you change, meaning if you heal, if you grow, that you're no longer safe. Because way back in the day, you know, a saber toothed tiger was going to kill you if you went, if you changed your path. If you knew this path was what took you to food Mm -hmm. where you weren't going to get eaten, then you took that path no matter how treacherous that path was. Right. So, our brains are still functioning like that. Yes. Those are our mental programs. So we see that our survival brain is not a thriving brain. And that's what all the brainwashers are playing on. Yes. You know, fear, fear, fear. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, have you ever seen or read the book shock doctrine by uh-uh. Naomi Klein? Oh, that will blow your mind. Uh, just go on Amazon movies and they've, they made a documentary out oh, of it. Nice. It's it's like one of the best selling books out there. It has been for a long time. It's a big seller is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's shock doctrine is Naomi Klein's very scholarly investigation in, into how it is that the ruling elite keep traumatizing us, stealing our wealth, starting wars, uh, lying to us tricking us and doing exactly what's going on right now yeah but the beautiful thing is is the book or the or the documentary shows you exactly the science of brainwashing how it's being applied Uh, constantly yeah through media through war through threats yep and so i think it's a very very important thing for people to investigate because the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't know. Right. Because the devil you know is conscious. The other one's unconscious. Yes. The other's so in your blind spot. Once you see the devil in the details, you can say, oh, now I know why all the masking is so important, even though it's scientifically invalid. Now I know why all the segregation. Now I know why all the threats. Now I know why they say, oh, if you just get your vaccination, you'll have a higher social score in the new system and you'll have more freedoms it's then you say okay now that you see the devil you also know it's time to get off your ass and and stand up for freedom and fight against censorship and fight for all of us waking up together getting rid of race creed color and lines on paper called borders because we all have to do this together and we all need to share the resources of this planet yeah we need to unite together. In order to do that, we have to heal. Yes. So unity comes um, as an organic side effect of actually healing the self. Sure it does. And so as we become more free from the inside out, we become more unified and we work together more because we yeah. realize that we're moving towards this place of peace and oneness. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you never get angry about something or you never disagree about something, but you don't attack and fight anymore yeah each other you know and that's what's missing in all of this is we haven't done enough internal work to allow ourselves to actually embrace each other versus fight each other because the more powerful we become from the inside out the more freedom the, the freer we are from the inside out no one can take that from you no matter what they try to do on the external yeah and then that crumbles that gets dismantled out there 
because you've dismantled it in here. Yes. The more people that do this work and join this and start to to share this work because they've done it themselves with other people, the what's going on out there cannot continue because it hasn't have it doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yes. It doesn't have your fear to stand on anymore. We also recognize who the wounded people are, such as politicians and world leaders. And when we realize how many of them are very broken people, <clears throat> we know putting them in, in, in jail isn't probably going to help anything because we haven't really addressed the wounds. We haven't addressed the wounds. And we're so good at that in our society. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that terrible behavior should not have consequences. No, of course. I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand because people assume that sometimes. Yeah. That, that it means that, oh, so-and-so can do whatever they want and you're just going to love them. <laughs> no. It's like, no, don't be ridiculous. There's a thing we have called to grow tough love. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you're a parent, you've probably figured out tough love is really important. Or Absolutely. Kids will just continue to abuse you. Yeah. There has to be consequence. Of course, yeah. there are consequences, but consequences don't heal anything. That's treating things at the behavioral level. Yeah. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. that you don't, transformational healing never occurs by looking at and focusing on the behavior. Yeah, That's not where change can occur. So we have to go deeper and we have to realize that everybody's wounded. Yeah. And in order to heal everybody's wounds, I'm willing to heal myself. Yeah. And so if that resonates with people out there, I want you to look, go to mastersofselfuniversity.com and I want you to look at the Mystical Life Coach certification, look at the programs that are offered. And I really do invite you to start to heal at the deepest levels that you have access to in this lifetime. Do the healing work on yourself and spread the word because that's how we can work together to heal ourselves, humanity, the planet. That's where true healing comes from. It's the only option we have. It's the only option we have. The world can't take any more Band-Aids. No, and at least the work exists. It's yeah. here. Yeah. You just have to take advantage of it. So I encourage yeah. everybody out there now, jump on, check it out. Yeah. Now, Rachel, having studied psychological literature for many years, I've come across a number of different studies that basically say pretty much the same thing. When they look at humanity as a whole many different groups of psychologists have come to the same basic figure. And that is that about 90% of the people in the world that are at adult age are actually not developed more than about a 12 year old psychologically. So my question is, what do you feel it'll take to get individuals to do the work on themselves to reach an adult level of responsibility and awareness so that they no longer longer need a big daddy in the sky or corporate gods or power gods like Bill Gates and others to make decisions for them. Mm, what a wonderful question. Well, I thought, you know, <clears throat> being the woman of the sword, you'd cut right to it. So <laughs> let us yeah. have it. <clears throat> so the first thing is, if you choose to not do the work, that is your free will choice, but you will continue to suffer. Yeah. Period. End. So the guru for people right now traditionally has been pain and suffering. Yeah. Pain and suffering. Pain I, and suffering. I call that the pain teacher, by the yeah, way. Yeah. That is their spiritual teacher is pain and suffering. You know, and the more people choose pain and suffering, the more they choose to keep running their programs, not grow, not heal, the more they're in that hamster wheel of pain and suffering. Yeah. So have fun with that. Mm -hmm. They'll never get out of that. There's a very good book, by the way, that addresses that issue, which in therapy, I'm sure you've heard the term a pain body. Oh, yeah. So the more yeah. we 
yeah. grow a pain body, the more we don't see reality as it is. Exactly. You know, if consciousness is like a mirror, the more pain we have, the more distorted our mirror gets. Yes. And so it always ends up being someone else's fault. Exactly. And, and always so, someone else's fault. And we're trapped in our pain. We're it's trapped. Groundhog Day. Yes. Over and over. And we change partners and we change jobs but and we change changes. careers. <laughs> and then I'm still in pain and suffering. Yes, for the and, same reasons. Yes, for the same reasons. And as we talked about pretty extensively throughout this podcast, how I hope people gain a little bit under, better understanding now of how we're actually reenacting our childhood over and over. Yes. We get wounds created from the time we're little. We have no idea because we don't grow up with this education. Yes. And then the conflicts that are happening in our partnerships and our friendships and our relationships or our jobs or our, our relationship with money even. Yes. Is us reenacting our childhood. And that is why we often have to have that, you know, that white man in the sky that's God, mm -hmm. you know, that daddy, mm -hmm. that person that's so beyond me because I'm powerless. I'm yes. completely disempowered. Yes. So here's the, the truth of it all. You're either going to so be destroyed and unhappy and miserable in your anxiety, your depression, your issues, whatever's happening with you, your fifth divorce yes. or whatever it might be. You're going to just stay on that path of absolute misery yeah. unless and un until you choose I'm ready to, I don't want to suffer anymore. And if you don't want to suffer anymore, that means you're ready to get the, you're ready to get to work. Yes. And I think that's the service. That's the light. You know, the word Lucifer means light bringer. And a lot of people don't realize that the mm -hmm. pain teacher shows up to crack you open. Yes. Rumi says you're a broken heart allows the love to flow. Yeah. And you know, one of my sayings is only, only a closed heart can break. Right. Only a closed heart can break. Yes. So, so if point, we're open and we heal the spaciousness that we are, you can't break. There's no such thing. Yes. And, and the point I'm driving at by bringing that point up is that, you know, I, I too fall into the trap of thinking, okay, these guys are the problem. And then I catch myself and realize they are actually offering the solution. Yes. So the Gates and the Klaus Schwabs yes. and the elite that, you know, think they've got to chain us up because we're useless eaters. They call us rats and sheep. I've seen the documents referring to us as rats and sheep right out of their own organizations. But they're actually bringing us enough pain to yes. finally say, Enough. I've got to grow up and stand up yes, for myself. I have to grow up. So that's spiritual maturation yep. and emotional maturation. We're, we're going through a, a legitimate initiation process. Yes. But if we don't go through it, then we will be their children. Right. And we'll we'll be the same. And we will be worse than the same right. because their plans for their children are very much like they think everything's a zero or a one. A yeah. money-making opportunity or something you've got to get rid of because it's not making you money. Exactly. And, you know, we will extract the resources of this earth until we realize we cannot eat money, yep. breathe money, yep. or lay in the sunshine because the earth is covered in soot. We will no longer also define our only definition of abundance as money. Right. That needs to go as well. It does. That needs to go as well. And that's that's what the pathologists behind the whole pandemic are showing us what it looks like to make money your primary objective in life. Right. 
And if that is your number one on your list of what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you're living in the old paradigm and you are going to continue to have very painful lessons. And that's not a person who's doing what they love to do. Because people that do what they love to do, do it because the act of doing it makes love. That's exactly it. Healing, transforming, you know, creating more love on the planet and all that is abundance, period. Yes. That is abundance. And with that, other forms of abundance just will naturally come in. So one of those forms is money. So you'll be financially free because you've chosen these other forms of abundance to to put at the top of your list. And what people don't realize is how they spin in and create all these issues of racism, sexism, um, censorship. Those are all smoke screens to keep you entangled as sort of a a fourth grade level argument in a hopscotch arena over who gets to go next. Yes. Uh, You, you, you got something that I don't have, your pie's bigger than mine. Mm -hmm. But the fact that people fall for that and are even engaged in all this nasty talk and, you know, focusing on- on Hating each other. Focusing on all the parts of themselves they won't look at. Exactly. That's what it is. That is exactly what it is. That's what projection is. That's what projection is. A, A great example that Robert A. Johnson gives in his book on the shadow of projection, which I'll share because it's quite vivid, He says, a man gets up in the morning, he's pissed off, his wife puts breakfast on the table two minutes late, but he knows if he blows up at her, she won't cook for him tomorrow, so he gets up from the table and kicks his dog. Mm -hmm. In other words, the projection that he won't share with his wife because it makes him insecure ends up being a wound to his dog. Yeah. So when we're projecting... And we're calling people racists or uh, fags or lesbians or whatever the hell. And we're falling into the circus of distraction that's being used to keep us right where they want us. We're projecting. Yeah. And whenever you're projecting, you just have to follow the light backwards. And that's why I think the fastest way for a person to find their shadow is just sit down and write down all your judgments of everything you don't like and the people you don't like. And there you and see, get a thick enough journal for that. Yeah, and then you got a nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then then you have, you know, you'll have a year's worth of healing work to do, and then just start with the ones that are the most painful for you, and you and you then you start some dominoes falling, and then once you start getting some freedom, you know, one of the things that I tell my students and my patients and myself always is that remember everyone's loving the best they can with the conditioning they have, the way they were taught to to love. But it's up to us as individuals and adults to say, am I loving myself enough to love the people that are challenging to me to be around? You know, the people that are challenging to be around are the ones that are there to show you what you need to heal and love within yourself. And that's part of understanding what it means that other people and situations are a mirror for you. You know, and that's that's part of the work is realizing that that there's no such thing as trying to control everybody outside of you to make you feel good on the inside doesn't work. Hello, yeah. yeah. Hello, what's going on in the world? They're trying to control. Yes. And and that's what we do. 
until we are awakened enough that yes. we try to control other people. You do and say the thing that I want you to do and say so I don't get uncomfortable. Right. I'll be happy and I'm good. That's what censorship is. Don't say anything that makes me have to look at the parts of myself that need healing. That need healing. And yet the whole world is a mirror to show you the parts of yourself that need healing. Yes. That's why I quoted Jung who says your unconscious meets you from the outside. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I also said, you can find your shadow by looking at the circumstances of your life. Yeah. And your financial problems re- represent your unconscious programming around money, your relationships problems around relationships, your uh, daddy problems usually show up as some kind of conflict with any boss or person who's in charge of you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's all there if we just look at it. We can look at it personally and we can look at it collectively. And I think these are the discussions that we need to be having, not yeah, not discussions of racism or discussions of sexism. Yes, I'm not saying those aren't important, but they're those are the symptoms of what we're supposed that, to be really. That's addressing, the thing that people you know? usually misunderstand yeah. is it doesn't mean those are not absolutely critical that needs to end. Yeah, it's those are symptoms of a deeper problem. Yes. And that's the that's the issue. We don't grow up enough and heal enough individually to understand that the bigger problems we see on the outside cannot be handled at the behavioral or surface level. Right. It we have to go to the root of them. And yes. going to the root of them is not pointing fingers and judging and blaming and that is not the same thing as saying we don't need to bring all of it to the light because we do. We need yes. to shine the light on mm-hmm. all of it, on all of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but how we handle that is going within and learning what it means to heal this stuff at the root level versus at the surface level. And that's what all this work is that we offer at Masters of Self University. Yes. Did you know that symbiotica means harmony? And you're really likely to enjoy my podcast with Sherveen Jaffaria, the founder of Symbiotica. Symbiotic is an amazing company that makes excellent products to aid healing, enhance longevity, and improve performance at all levels of your being, from your spiritual practices to your athletic endeavors. I highly recommend you go to symbiotica.com and check out their top-notch organically sourced products that include excellent tasting supplements like their Synergy Vitamin B12, which elevates energy naturally, to their Shilajay Minerals, which help you better regulate your hormonal system. Their biocharge-activated coconut charcoal is an excellent detox support and removes toxins and poisons from the body quickly and non-invasively. Their organic longevity formula is one of my friends and students' favorites. They rave about it. I really enjoy their Regenesis Liposomal Glutathione for its amazing antioxidant powers, which is really helpful for anyone that enjoys vaporizing tobacco and herbs like I do. They also have great immune support products, water filtration options for drinking and showering, and some cool clothing and more. When you go to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com and use your Living 4D discount code, which is capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15 on checkout, you get 15% off anything they sell and you won't be disappointed. Enjoy Symbiotica. As I mentioned, a lot of the programming that really create shadow is religious programming but when we actually grow through the kind of healing process you're talking about we come to the realization quite often that if i keep believing that story 
mm-hmm. that God is angry and jealous and, and, and a long list of other stuff, then I'm, I'm always going to be reenacting the story. Exactly. But if we actually want to heal, there's something that, that I've found through my own life of research. See, a lot of people, for example, with Christian programming would be really well served to study Buddhism, Taoism, or Zen. Mm. Because those religions don't have an external God that'll rescue you or punish you. You're yes, the creator of exactly. it. You know, Buddha is considered to be the first psychologist of the world mm-hmm. because he's the one that first said, your mind is what's creating this. Exactly. And only you can really address it. And he yep. made it very clear with the concept of codependent origination, Mm -hmm. right? You never see yourself in the mirror unless you stand in front of the mirror. So the image in the mirror is codependent upon your participation and it arises because of your presence in front of the mirror. The mirror itself doesn't call you over, right? right? So the, the point I'm driving at is that having found it so hard to transition people to shall we say, more adult belief systems, I came across a very healing approach. And I think you'll probably agree with this. I found by studying the mystics of each of the religions that they were the ones that authentically had healed. Yes. And so their rendition of the Quran or the Bible passages is so much more evolved. Yes, and, exactly. And, and it opens your mind to what real Christianity is or real Right. Islamic faith is or real Judaism is. And then you realize, oh my God, that I don't have to switch religions. I just have to follow the cookie crumbs laid out by the mystics of my exactly. religion. Exactly. And then you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to get reprimanded for reading a book from another religion. Exactly. You can read St. Bernard. You can read. Meister Eckhart. You can read St. Hildegard uh, or Teresa of Avila. There's a long list of them in every religion. And they show you what it looks like to break the shackles of programming and to have an intimate relationship with God. Absolutely. Or source, whatever you want to call it. And that mysticism is infused in all the work that that this program is and that we offer at Masters of Self University. And that is why moving through this program is a mystical life coach because you're bringing the mysticism that's the wisdom that's the magic that we are that our nature being really truly is so it's bringing us back to the original self yes one of the things i want to kind of get covered with you before we finish up here is you speak of emotional iq in your training that is there's now a number of books on emotional iq and they don't all say the same thing could you describe for you, and when you use that term, what is inclusive in that concept? So, you know, when we realize, and this work kind of leads up to what, to to increasing our emotional IQ, it takes you on a path, step-by-step, bite-sized pieces, to realize, how am I really showing up here, okay? If I'm running this program, that program, and that program, and I have this wound, how old am I? It's an inner child wound. Mm -hmm. And that inner child wound might be reflective of, say, when I was six years old. So if I'm showing up, if I get triggered 
by, if I get triggered by you with something and I do the work and I realize that, wow, that's a wound at six years old, I'm showing up as a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. My emotional IQ is at six years old. Right. I see. Yeah. And that's going to change depending on what triggers you yeah. and what the reactions are. You'll yeah. be a 12-year-old one minute. You'll yeah. be a 16-year-old the next minute. You'll yeah. be a two-year-old the next. Yeah. You know, three weeks from now, you'll show up as a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. When you do this work, you see truth and you see, oh my God, I'm showing up with my four-year-old program right now. Yes. My wound is at four years old. We want to be spiritually and emotionally mature adults. Yes. And the playfulness that comes with that is our divine selves anyway. Our divine selves are very playful. Yes. So it never means don't be playful. And a lot of this work actually brings play right into it because you realize how ridiculous we are and how immature we yes, are. Yes, you got to have laugh. a sense of humor. You get to laugh at it because yeah. we're ridiculous. Yeah. But in that, you get to love those things yeah. and no longer do show up as a nine-year-old child or a 12-year-old or yeah. a two-year-old anymore because you heal those aspects of yourself. Yes. So a lot of people out there will define emotional IQ um, as just one definition. I take it through this work. Okay, your emotional IQ right now with this trigger in this situation or this person is what? And then people know right away, oh my God, I'm four years old. Yes. So that's the be- that's actually the mystical part of this work. Oh my God, I, I see it. I'm I'm a little triggered right now. And I am a nine-year-old right now. Mm-hmm. I'm nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then you do the work through the process that you learn, you heal that. Mm-hmm. And no longer do you show up as a nine-year-old. Yes. Ever again. It's gone. I think too, one of the things that people listening need to be acutely aware of is that fear and stress push us down lower and lower in our, in our programming I, yes, stages. They do. In our emotional IQ and into our wounds or our pain yep. body. Yep. So if there's one thing that I would share for the listeners, I'd say, look, you, you need to be conscious right now because if you fall into fear and allowing yourself to be bullied and threatened, if you don't get this or do that, you're going to lose this privilege you actually can find yourself losing consciousness when you need a high level of consciousness. When you need to pull on more. So this is why it's so important to take the time each day to have an anchoring practice, a spiritual practice, whether it be prayer or Tai Chi or taking your shoes off, putting your feet on the ground, being in nature. Um, There's many ways to do it, but if we don't, have a cleansing process for ourselves, something to, and this is why a spiritual relationship, for for example, with God, I'm not talking about a religious God, I'm talking about source, mm-hmm. is so important because when you realize all of this is source experiencing itself, yes. then you can, you can enter into the firewalk of life and say, source, guide me. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Right. I mean, if if God is God, then there's nowhere God can't be because by definition, God is source. Mm-hmm. So I tell my students, if God was cookie dough, then do you realize everything in the universe would be some derivation of cookie joe, yeah. dough? But God is unconditional love and God is consciousness. And so the basis of creation is unconditional love and the basis of awareness is consciousness. Yep. So if you lose sight of the fact that behind all the chaos is unconditional love, which is the gift that keeps giving or we wouldn't be here, yep. 
And if you can realize that the way you become more aware of the unconditional love is to allow yourself to do the work to become more conscious, then you aren't so easily pushed around. Then you stand up for yourself out of love and respect. Out of love and respect. And you see, what people don't realize is that we have to stand up for ourselves collectively out of love and respect for these other people because they're like high, they're like high school bullies that yeah. keep beating people up. Yeah. And people are afraid to confront them. Exactly. But what happens is that person stays shadowed to the fact that they're destroying all the beautiful relationships they could have instead of building them. Mm -hmm. They're making themselves worse instead of healing. Exactly. So my point is that we have to stand up for ourselves out of love. And in so doing, we send a message to the bully. We won't accept your bullying, but we will tell you that you really need help. Yes. And we will try to get it for you. Yes. But we will not let you have our lunch. Exactly. And we will not let you piss in our locker right. and turn us upside down and cover us with glue and step on us with yep. golf shoes because that just facilitates your own destructive. And people like that seem to have an endless appetite for fear and disruption and right. because it gives them a sense of power. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, darkness is hungry, but when we realize that darkness is most hungry for light, it's up to us to bring the to light. To bring the light. And in order know? to bring the light, you have to change from the inside and out. And you have you to have generate to it. Exactly. And love is a light source. Exactly. You know, so if we love ourselves enough to really get into the to the show, you know, the Maya, the grand illusion, mm-hmm. then we can actually become co-contributors to the new world, the the new understanding, the new level of relating, the Absolutely. new freedom of of consciousness for each other, and say, look, we're all part of this together. My God, we've got enough resources if we just share. Yeah, you know. So, and we'll generate more by healing the planet. Absolutely, because that's an act of love in itself. Exactly. Right, and love is a boomerang. What you put out comes back. Yes, it's it's. You know, love is an energy that builds on itself. Yeah. The more love you give, the more love you make. And it's realizing the only reason why we can't give more love is because we're suppressing it and containing it through our shadow selves. Yes. Through our unhealed wounds and our unhealed programs. Yeah. All you have to do is heal that. Yes. And then you want to see... You know, the famous saying, be the change yes. you wish to see in the world. I think a lot of people don't understand what that actually means. Yeah, You have to do the healing work inside of yourself. Yes. When you do that, you show up differently Yes, in every scenario, in your relationship. Yeah. It harmonizes. Yes. Because you're not conflicted. Exactly. You're not conflicted inside. How do we conflict resolution strategies? Oh, shit. But if you're still in conflict inside of yourself, that'll never work. So no, it's you're not you're no longer conflicted because you've taken the time to heal yourself. Yes. So like attracts like and opposites attract. So conflicted people attract conflicted people with opposite viewpoints to produce more pain in hopes of awakening, awakening to what you're actually creating yes. and what choices you have. Yes. Your course is a certification course. Um, what is it that you're ultimately certifying people to do? 
And who is best suited for the training you offer? Yeah. So it's Mystical Life Coach Certification. And you're certified on in a very elite way. This is um, a tremendous amount of education and training. But you move through the transformation yourself first. Yes. Then you get coached on how to coach it for other people. So to be a mystical life coach, it's for people who, first and foremost, want to transform their lives at the deepest level. Mm. You don't have to use this certification to be a coach and coach other people if you don't want to. Right. Because that's the beautiful part of it. You can use it to transform your entire life. Why would you not want to do that? Yes. So it teaches you absolutely everything you need in order to heal your relationship, your life, everything that needs to be healed. And then you move through life in a different way. That in and of itself will have a ripple effect in everybody that knows you. Yes. Um, But it is also for people who really are, maybe they're already coaches, but it's like, what the hell was that? Like, this wasn't what all it's cracked up to be. And I thought it was going to be much different or I'm spending 90% of my time in sales and marketing instead of coaching. Yes. It's people who are struggling, really want to change careers, but they want to help to transform humanity. But first and foremost, they want to transform themselves. They want to heal and become the highest level possible so they can make a bigger difference on this planet. Right. So it's for those people as well. And it's also for people who are ready to not just transform and heal themselves at a much higher level, raise their level of consciousness and do that for other people on the planet, but who want to join a group of people where it's no longer me, myself, and I. Right. Yeah. That it's not just me. I'm the coach. I want to be famous. I want everybody to love me and look at me. No, this is forming a community. Tribe, yeah. You have a circle of support. In order to grow and come up together. So people who are certified coaches actually have the opportunity to become faculty, Mm. to be hired as teachers and coaches of the new students coming in. Right. Um, They will be sent referrals and clients we all help with that. Yeah, good. As, you know, Masters of Self University, it's not just great, you got your certification, thanks for your payment, and be on your way to build your own business. Mm. That's not how we function. And that's one of the best parts about it Mm. is it's a business in a box and we work together to serve all of our coaches because we're serving all of humanity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now, because there's so much, um, A, trauma in people, but B, you're, training takes people uh, into their traumas. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you have training in there for them to deal with the natural things that happen when 100% open a trauma. 100% because I think that the coaching industry out there right now absolutely lacks integrity because anybody can call themselves a goddamn coach. Yes. And I'm sorry, but how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? How dare, who do you think you are? When you don't know how you haven't had trauma training. Yeah. So how dare you do that to other people? That's not helpful. It's not responsible. So throughout this program, 100% is learning how to deal with that, what to do, how to guide people, how to support them. So it has trauma training absolutely built in. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to the golden three, integrity, authenticity, and expertise. Every single coach that comes out of here has integrity, authenticity, and expertise. Good. That's built into the certification. So my last question is, how much does the course cost? 
And how much commitment does it take to complete the course effectively? Yeah. So it's a 15K course right now for six months. The course work itself is six months. There's um, a digital course curriculum. There is a workbook. Every week is scheduled out of what to do and how to do it and Mm -hmm. what you need to complete. And also, of course, live classes. Mm -hmm. And they get everybody coming through here gets direct teaching from me in the live classes. So you go to class. Um, The live classes are 90 minutes once a week right now. And the course curriculum work fluctuates, but you have about maybe up to an hour to watch in teaching videos for that week. Um, And then you have about 15 minutes of homework to do every day. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part of the transformation is you learn how to integrate and incorporate your homework throughout your day. Right. This is not a course where you learn a bunch of knowledge and you spew some out on a test. Yeah, it's not a cut and paste memorizing no, job. Yeah. That is not what this course is. This course is you move through transformation and then you learn how to coach transformation in others. So it's if I'm picking you up right, it's about an hour a week of like online study yep. and then maybe 15 minutes a day of personal work. Yep. And then a 90 minute live class. Yes. Once we, a week. Yes. So it's basically uh hour, 90 minutes, two and a half. So two hours and 45 minutes a week out of seven days. That's not that big of a no. commitment to get it your is, own freedom. Everything that is offered through here is doable. It's practical. Yeah. So you can take these big, huge concepts and break them down into bite-sized pieces every single week that are doable. I do everything that way. Yeah. Everything is doable. It's very practical. Yeah. It's very easy to achieve and it's given to you in portions to where even if you are a coach and you have a tremendous amount of experience, that's great, but you're still learning new things here. Of course, yeah. So even if it's you have a lot of experience, you're learning new things, but you're not drowning in it. Mhm. So it's very very practical. So your website is Masters, M-A-S-T-E-R-S, of self, mastersofselfuniversity.com. Yes. And it's the Mystical Life Course Certification. Mystical Life Coach Certification. And are there other programs beside that one? Yes, absolutely. There's coaching. There are digital courses that people can take if they want to do some online learning on on their own. So those are all on the website. Um, But there's also coaching with me, Mm -hmm. if you can get in with me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you can get in. Yeah. there's relationship coaching that I do personally, and there's individual one-on-one coaching. So you move through um, programs that you can use the contact forms on the website if you're interested in any of those to find out more. And to get into the um, Mystic Life Coach is an application process. It's yep. not just pay the money in your Correct. End. Correct. And I want to thank you for bringing that up, actually. I yeah. appreciate it because I want to say something about that. Because we are not here to just collect some check and give you a piece of paper and then say, good luck. Yeah. That is not what this program is. So there is an application process. Um, it is not impossible to apply and get accepted, of course. Yeah. Um, but there is an application process and there are some people who will be denied. You won't be able to do this work right now. Yeah. But you could probably refer them to some of your other courses or some developmental work. Yes. To- get them there. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say about that, I don't want anybody to be afraid to apply. If you really are are craving this level of work, just apply and through the application process and the interview process, we will figure it out. We'll decide if this is a great fit. Yeah, because it's not really serving somebody 
to get into something that they're not ready for. Exactly. You know, then you just spent 15 grand and you're just guilty that you did it and you didn't do anything with it. And you didn't do, exactly. And that is, and that's a waste of your money. Yes. And our time. Yeah. So nobody benefits from that. Yes. So. Well, what a, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, You know, it's, I hope it's been exciting for all of you listening. I've certainly found it interesting. I've found it interesting because you're, a person who has a lot of pieces of the puzzle that I know it's taken me a lot of study to, to not just gather, but to really practice and to understand as, as a, a, you know, a visceral experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what the shadow is. I have one. I have to work on it regularly. I know, you know, what a soul is. I work with it daily, constantly. So it's pretty impressive when you can meet one person that has brought sort of the essential ingredients from a lot of areas into uh, a meaningful, practical, productive process. And I think that's really what we need more of. To me, that's real education. That is real education. That is real education. I appreciate you saying that. That's that's the most exciting part of this for me is to teach that. All of this stuff in practical, doable ways and yeah. understanding, and then can be reproduced yes. in a very authentic way. Yes. So we can change the world literally if we start here. Yes. The more people that come in, there are so many magnificent things we can do. We can do together mm-hmm. by doing this work together. Yeah, so. great. Well, you guys have got plenty to meditate on and reflect on and i'm sure maybe we hit some triggers for you (laughs) the more triggers you got hit well you're doing pretty good if you're still listening (laughs) exactly (laughs) so congratulate yourself (laughs) you haven't shot us in the off button yet (laughs) but uh i think you know you guys can all see the application of this and this is real teaching this is something I can get behind. That's why I have Rachel here on the show because I, I, I want to share like I do with anything, uh, the best I can find for everybody. That's my, my gift to everybody. So thank you to the sponsors for all of your love and support and your beautiful exemplary sustainable practices. And thank you to all of you for anything you buy from the sponsors that supports me to run the podcast and have the time to meet with amazing people like Rachel and put programs together for you and lead you to the great teachers of the world. And uh, thank you guys all for joining us in the healing of the world, which is our own healing and getting clear on what we all want and need together, which is not more silly games and not more iPhones and not more updates and not updates and not more medical interventions and not more censorship and sexism and racism and presidents that are fake and everything else. It's more love and more connection and more realization of the magic, the mystery and the awe of life and the realization that if there's anything we all need to do together, it's to take care of this planet. And that's an act of love. And when you take care of yourself, I got news for you. To really take care of yourself, you have to take care of the planet. Yeah. Because you can't take care of yourself eating junk food. No. You have to eat real food, which means you have to support real farmers, which support the planet. Yeah. You can't take care of yourself eating, drinking garbage water and 
soda pop and crap. You have to drink real water. And then all of a sudden you realize there's not much of it around. Why? Because corporations have poisoned it all. So once we start drinking real water, we realize, wow, we've got to protect our water supplies and we don't need more masks and plastic bags in the ocean. We need more sustainable practices and conscious applications across the board. So I think it's just a absolute lovely day to wake up to the fact that whatever we do to love ourselves and heal ourselves and grow ourselves is the change that the world needs. And I'm 100% on board. And uh, I think any of you that's ready for legitimate spiritual growth and a career path, because you're offering a career path, yes, um, which is very needed, um, now's the time to do it. And uh, you've just found a master to help you. So lots of love. Thanks for joining me. And uh, I look forward to sharing more with you in a week. Aho. Lots Uh of love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Rachel Fiore. You can find Rachel on Instagram at Rachel underscore Fiore or visit her website, mastersofselfuniversity.com to find out more about her elite coaching program for high-profile people and her Mystical Life Coach certification. Both the certification and coaching are by application only, and you can find more information on the website as well as enrollment forms to apply and start the interview process for these elite-level programs. Follow Paul on Instagram at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living 4D with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to Czech videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, chekiva.com. Remember, you can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast.